Greetings and welcome to the Tinfoil Tavern, the cocktail-fueled conspiracy podcast based out of a punching little kitchen in New Zealand. I say punching because the sheer frogs. <laughs> Thank you. This is my colleague. He's sharp as a marble, fast as a glacier, Thomas Busby. <laughs> That's my other co-host that I just complimented foolishly, which has actually had more rides than the merry-go-round Hannah Weatherall. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you new to the podcast, what we do is Hannah, what we do, what Hannah does is break down a podcast after committing far too much of her life into researching it while I live under a rock and have absolutely no clue at all and try to apply an open-minded, unbiased logic all while sipping a suitably themed cocktail. And I do have to state a disclaimer. I mean, shit, we're just two people in a little kitchen, like chill out. This is in fact, maybe... Even if we say we're not it. accusing anyone. Yeah, we're not accusing anything. anyone. We're not trying or any entities. We're not accusing any entities. Don't hold us against us. I normally read this out when I'm tired of reading it. Essentially, just don't be a dick about this, please. Don't take it too seriously. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that wink, stuff. Wink, wink. Yeah. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> but to kick things off, before I even like, I mean, for those that don't know, I've, I literally know nothing about what we're about to talk about. Not even the, the title. Mm-hmm. Before I know the conspiracy, what's our cocktail? This, my friend, is a white Russian, or should I say this? Comrade is a white Russian. Hmm. What, what's in this white Russian? You may pick it up and sip. Sorry, that's what you just. It's uh, Kahlua, mm. vodka, mm. something else, and milk. Coffee liqueur. Coffee liqueur, and mi- milk. Milk. <laughs> milk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> huh. It tastes like light Bailey's. Yeah, it does, but just more coffee in it. Yeah. I, I imagine that's kind of your thing. Yeah, I can drink a lot of that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I'll be drinking much of mine. I think I'll have a couple of sips and then move on to the red. Okay, well, I have it. I pass you my red wine. You pass me your cocktail and we'll call it a good night. Done deal, bro. Fuck yeah. This is also not a PG-rated podcast. Hell yes. Um, I have no idea. Russian related conspiracies. Nah, nothing that's popping to mind. All right. Have you heard of the Dyatlov Pass incident? The what? Dyatlov Pass. I'm not even sure of the words he's just said. Dyatlov is the name of the pass, and pass is in like a mountainside pass. No. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm, it's a good start. Good start. Yeah. Quality Patrick start. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll dive right in. Oh, after a couple of apologies for being radio silent for the last, what, three weeks, four weeks? We've got good reasons. We've got very good reasons. We've got very good reasons. I so like decided least... to turn into a mutant and get laser eyes. I've got laser eyes. I was blind for two weeks. I was blind for a while, but that's the least important reason. Then I became an auntie for the third time, which is oh, very yeah. exciting. Our favourite little guest, Caitlin, decided she's to multiply. Second, she's second favourite member. Eversol's her top one. Uh, nah, she's given us a better version of an ev so she's moved up the rank <laughs> the newer version so yes you might remember from the jfk episode uh, my baby episodes. sister episodes mm. baby sister caitlin who was heavily pregnant at the time was a guest and now she has expelled that into um, a niece for me just for me yeah that's the only reason she got pregnant yeah and uh, now i have a new niece called Maisie, and she's very beautiful she is really beautiful it's a good she looking is. kid yeah I've- we've got fantastic genes yeah, but like, I've also never got teary-eyed when holding a baby before. Well, didn't you say it was because it was the smallest one you've ever held? Like the newest, freshest? I was, she was like, to a compliment. You completely underhanded Oh, it. sorry. sorry. I was just trying to make you look 
less like a pansy. It's a, it's a beautiful baby. No, I wasn't trying to imply it's a beautiful baby. No, she's no, I'm, a beautiful I'm not, baby. I'm not fragile about my masculinity. So no. I got a little teary when holding such a yeah, beautiful baby. Yeah, I'm actually basing this on what you said when you held her. You're yeah, like, I'm I've twisting it to a load of compliment. And once again. <laughs> cool, cool. Good start, bro. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, Business yeah. drink. <laughs> that was, that, those are our excuses. I've been recovering from my surgery and acquired a new niece. Oh, and also Jim finally moved over from the UK. The one so, UK listener, so now we have now, zero global audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Cheers, mate. Ruining the analytics. What a dick. But yeah, let's get into the conspiracy itself. So the, the conspiracy is actually part spooky unsolved mystery, part conspiracy. So it kind of borders between those two subjects. But mm-hmm. there was enough conspiracy for me to think that it was in, in entirely adequate for this. So the the incident itself, it was a hiking... Oh, wait, 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 before you start, can I guess the time it was set? Sure. 17th century. 17th century? Oh, sorry, as in 17-something? No. Okay. And also that's not the 17th century. Yeah, I, I'm, it's the... 18th. Is that correct? It was 1959. All right. Anyway, yeah. Inside <laughs> track. Yeah. No, 1959 in the Ural Mountains, the Northern Ural Mountains, uh, a, a group of hikers undertaken by nine experienced students from a local, local university. It was led by Igor Dyatlov, whom the incident was later I, named I, after. Igor. Yeah. 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 So the, the mountain itself, it wasn't actually called, well, the area that they're going through, it wasn't actually called the Dyatlov Pass until after the incident, which they, they named after the leader of the group. So he leads a group mainly of uh, other students from the Ural Polytechnical Institute. And they're all young people, but experienced hikers. Um, it was originally a group of 10, uh, eight men and two women. But one dude had to turn back prior to the, the events because uh, he was he felt a bit sick, so he had to turn back. So the group was that a point of suspicion? Not not really. Oh, no, okay. actually, he's not. So the group were all grade two hikers, um, and this is uh, grade two out of three. The highest grade you can go is, is three. So they, they were they were experienced, okay. and uh, this trip was a difficult one and they would have all received their grade three certification uh, upon completion of the trip. Right. So it was that the kind of the, it was pushing them a little bit. Yeah. But they were yeah. not inexperienced hikers. They yeah, knew yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, all things that you should do. They're in trying to improve extreme their grade kind of hikers. So the, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not noobs. So we'll just go quickly, go through the, the start of it. The more boring Man, stuff. I have no idea where this is going. Cool. I'm, I'm glad yeah, about that. This might be a first. Is it? <laughs> no idea where it's going. Yeah. So the group set off from a small village that they'd stayed at the night before. Uh, they set off on January the 7th, 1959. The next day, Yuri Yudin, he was the one that had to turn back. He he was struggling with his health issues too much, so he decided that the group would be better off without him. So he, he turns back at this point. Now, we, we know all the dates for certain because they all kept diaries and also the route uh, and other, the other details were... Oh shit! No, you carry on. I'll get the cake out. Baby, no! Don't run! Do you want to pause? Here, on the podcast. Yeah, we'll pause. Yeah, and to carry on seamlessly. <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, sorry about that. Had a bit of a hairball incident. Frankie, not me or Thomas. <laughs> so I think I was saying that the um, 
the dates in the route were, were quite well known because the route A was uh, approved beforehand and B, they all kept diaries, uh, including a, a joint group diary. And obviously you got Yuri who had to turn back to, to corroborate uh, some of the, the next few days. And confirm which route they took. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also feel we should also state that we have a beautiful charcuterie board in front of us, so if you hear any crunching... Maybe just don't crunch when we're recording? Yeah, we'll try our best to, but I was more speaking for you. Was I crunching? No, but you love crackers and cheese. Everyone loves crackers and cheese. Yeah, but you love... You're distracting from the podcast. I was making a nice excuse so you could still get your nibble on. I'm not going to nibble into the microphone. That sounds disgusting. If I was to listen to a podcast who had crunching in the background, I would have to turn it off because it would make me feel nauseous. Anywho... <laughs> 31st of January, they they arrive at the start of the tricky bit of climbing. So at this this point, uh, they're, they're trying to make it through the pass. Oh, I've got the start date. How many days into it is this? This is like the first day of the... Uh, how many days? 26? Not sure. January 7th. No, so 31st of January is when they get to the tricky bit. So and four, this five is, days in. And this is a couple of... Uh, January... 7th they started off and then a couple of days before the 31st is when Yuri had to turn back um this is all during the 7th is when they started yeah and then turned back on the 31st hmm. so it's like two several weeks and this guy turns back yeah so this is a monster hike this is a monster hike but the right. the difficult bit is coming up and this is because he was quite close they were quite close to the village yeah, so it's not a few days though it is no but, but a lot of that was actually getting to the place Oh, so they just set off on the hike on the seventh. They are hiking and camping stuff, but there are like villages and stuff in between. So the difficult bit gets starts at the, like the thirty first yeah, when still, they I mean, they I leaving. Hike a bit, but I haven't done several weeks of hiking. No, so this is impressive stuff. Because you're a pussy. No. So. It's not in a conspiracy. <laughs> they get into the the actual pass bit, and they, they want to make it. They want to make it through the pass before setting up camp. So, they stash all their like spare gear, spare food, and everything. They just take what they'll need to actually get through the pass. So they stash all this stuff, and begin the trip through the pass, which is now called the Dyatlov Pass. So it's speculated at some point during this time, uh, some bad weather comes in and they either lose direction or they purposefully go in a different way to, to find some kind of shelter. Uh, they set up camp near a forested area within the pass itself. So originally the plan was to actually get through the pass before setting up camp, but they ended up having to set up camp in the pass itself. So back in civilization, the sports club that they're part of, they were expecting a telegram around the 12th of February. But when the 12th of February came and went and they hadn't received any kind of telegram, they weren't too worried initially because these things can often overrun by, by a little while, like where they can put you back or whatever. So they weren't overly concerned. But by the 20th, in still no word, they decided to send out the first search party. So And this was then followed quickly by police and, and military. On the 26th, so nearly a week after the first search parties go out, the searchers find the tent which was empty of people and damaged, but full of the group's belongings, including... Sorry, empty of people, empty of, but damaged. Yeah, it was damaged, yeah. no people in it, yeah. but it was also full of their clothing and shoes and had been cut open from the inside. And then, as with all good horror stories, they found nice, clear footprints headed away from the tent, which they obviously follow. What? Like weeks later? Mm-hmm. Is, I'm sorry, footprints in snow, mud, dirt, don't know? That is, there is, we do go into that a little bit. Okay. So there is, there is a, 
if the conditions are perfect in that kind of environment, that sort of terrain, your footprints can be preserved because of the way, like, during the, the daylight hours. Yeah, but I'm sort of wondering about what the substance they're walking on. Is it a desert hike or is it an alpine hike? Oh, sorry, I thought that was obvious. It's like mountainous, snowy, real snowy. snowy it's like right, winter right. in it's winter in Russia. Okay, yeah. So, so it's like super snowy. So this is a, a week after the first party was sent out, mm-hmm. and nearly a like what's we'll say nearly a month after they were meant to be at this point, mm-hmm. there's still footprints. There's still footprints. Okay, I'm which, not going to rule that out, but it seem like uh, okay. no, that is yeah, is yeah. a bit sus. But mm. there's there's with the footprints is actually not much. It's unlikely, but there is no way of knowing for certain the conditions that they were up there. But if the conditions were perfect, they could have been preserved. But for other reasons, I think that's unlikely. But we'll get into that in a well, bit. Also, so, like, I don't, does it say how many sets of footprints? Yes, it does. All nine sets. Oh, okay. Nice and clear. Right. Very clear. I'm feeling skeptical, but I'm really excited. Carry cool. on. Yeah. So nice, clear nine sets of footprints. So the the entire the entire group, um, but and the footprints were so well preserved and so clear that they could tell that most of them weren't even wearing shoes. And in one person's case, one shoe and one not shoe, one shoe on, one shoe off. Um, I'm I'm so happy you're here with me. <laughs> Don't make, making you sound more intelligent than you actually yeah, are right just now. Like the whole season of podcast just redeemed in that one statement. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> So these clear footprints heading away. So obviously they follow them mm. and they follow them um, about one and a half kilometers uh, away from the tent. So towards the, the trees that they sort of set up near a forest area, but not within it. And the footprints were headed toward the foresty area. So at this point, they find the first two bodies. Um, they're next to the remnants of a fire and they're below uh, that sort of situated underneath a, a large tree. The first bodies were of two of the men, Yuri Doroshenko and Georgi Krivonoshenko. I'm probably going to be absolutely nah, mutilating these names. let's be honest, names. all our listeners don't know. If we'll just carry on like you're nailing it, they'll be fine. Unless we've got, we might have some Russian listeners, you don't know. In the future, at the current present, we don't. We do know. That. <laughs> so these two bodies were shoeless and dressed only in their underwear. And uh, yeah, like I said, they were situated underneath a large pine tree. So the search party soon finds three more bodies. Uh, Dyatlov himself, Zineda Kimigurova, and... I'm going to shut this door behind us and hear a dog barking, so carry on. I'm listening. And Rustam Slobodam. They were all found between the camp and the first two bodies. So they're actually closer to the camp uh, than the bodies at the tree, but they just found the bodies at the tree first. So those, those are the first bodies that they found, but the last four bodies, they weren't found for another two months, and they were found... Well, less than 100 metres away from the tree, uh, but they were found in a shallow ravine with a good amount of snow on, on top of them. So the first five bodies, they were all examined and their official cause of death was hypothermia, which seemed like a, a tragic but very explainable uh, circumstances in, in terms of the deaths. Um, they did have injuries, like they had uh, some of them injuries to their hands, like massive injuries to their hands, um, like their hands were completely like bloodied up and flesh had been torn off them and they also found flesh embedded in the tree that two of the bodies had been found under just like flesh in the tree mm. uh, obviously it had come from their hands um just completely completely mangled up but although they all had like quite a lot of injuries over the body just like abrasions and stuff um their cause of death they weren't viewed to be uh, critical injuries so the cause of death was put down to to hypothermia mm. um, but then 
once all the rest of the bodies were found a few months later, uh, things got a little bit more weird at that point. So uh, the rest of the bodies, the first one that they found or possibly identified was uh, Lyudmila Dubinia um, and also uh, Semyon Zolotaryov. Their cause of death was put down to uh, internal bleeding from severe chest trauma. One of the other guys, Nikolai Sibu Brignols, had a fatal head injury. Um, if how many were there again? All up, sorry, nine, nine. Right. Yeah. and one turned back. So ten. Yeah, all up. yeah. So ten, but nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think to get a little bit gory, just in descript in terms of descriptions of of the body. So you skip for like maybe two minutes if if you're a bit squeamish. So Ludmilla was missing her eyes, her tongue, lips, and parts of her face and a small piece of her skull bone. Her nose cartilage was totally flattened. Most of her ribs were broken, and she had a hemorrhage in her heart. Semyon's eyes were missing, and he had open head wounds on his head and face and multiple broken ribs. Nikolai had massive head wounds. Uh, this was his cause of death, and uh, various wounds all over his body. And Alexander, he was missing soft tissue on his face, and his eyebrows were gone. He also had open wounds and a deformed neck. However, his cause of death was listed as hypothermia. And in the autopsy report, it just says the neck was deformed. I couldn't see that it was actually broken or anything. It just mentions deformed. So I'm not actually sure what that means. Oh, okay. um, and he also had broken ribs. Mm. So, so, sorry, quickly, I really want to, how, how factual do we know this whole story is? Well, up to now, this is all facts. No, but I mean, can I ask where you get, you get you, the conspiracy facts? I've never heard of this, and it's sounding pretty out there. I mean, it's it's pretty well known. They even did it, made a, a very unfactual horror movie about it, like based on these events. So it's quite okay. well known. Okay. Um, most of these facts come from a fantastic website uh, that I did background check, uh, Um and basically the the person who runs, I think it's a woman. Uh, she's got, she had a massive interest in the case for years and years, mm. and all the references are like stacked up like the autopsy reports they're all from the official autopsy reports and stuff so do you like doing your background checks go to official say government whatever like legit websites or from this one website no they all source to the official websites so she's basically compiled right. all this material and, so and links the links and it links back to official i mean it's not yeah she also it also links back website. to things like um interviews and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah like yeah. the stuff that links back to she's done a the, fantastic the facts are factual not Photoshop yeah. factual. So yeah. up, up to this point, we're still working with the actual facts, facts. Okay. The verifiable facts. Okay. Cool, cool. This, it's, uh, you're doing good. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Are yeah. you enjoying your cocktail? Yeah. Yeah. Smash one. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm. I'm glad I didn't make it with cream. I think that would have been really rich. Yeah. I think just milk's all good. Yeah. yeah. You are supposed to use cream in a white Russian. Mm. Milk is a, a, a suitable substitute, which many people do do. <laughs> but um, I thought that would be too calorific and too rich. So substitute for full fat milk. Mm. So the 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 second lot of bodies that were found with the, obviously the massive injuries. The eyes missing is a cool one. Probably not for her. No, no, no. But I mean, it just makes it sound like removing. Mm, well, I, I suppose, two of them. Sorry, two of them had missing eyes. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, mean, I suppose something could remove eyes. So like we don't know that after the fact kind of thing. I guess. Well, I don't know that yet. But sorry, carry on. I've interrupted. Yeah. That's all right. That's what you're here for. Mm, mm, mm. So the second lot of bodies, the ones that were injured and uh, found 
to be, have like these injuries that cause their death as opposed to first lot, which were all put down to hypothermia. These bodies all had uh, more clothing on than the, the others, the, the, than the group that had first been found that were all assumed to have died from hypothermia, which looked like they might, might have been, uh, or they might have scavenged the clothes from the other bodies once the other bodies had passed. Um, so it looks like there was probably a, a, quite a, well, a good amount of time between the first group dying and the second group dying because they'd passed and they'd taken the clothes off. And it looked like they'd taken the clothes off, like, like cut them off. So rigor mortis and stuff, they didn't just, like, nick them. Right. But they, they took them once. There was no other option. Uh, in fact, the, the way they handled it, looks like some of the bodies have been handled carefully after their death with respect um, and laid out, which would mean... Or it would look like they actually... They weren't scavengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were just doing what they had to do to survive. Yeah, yeah. But they were good people that um, wanted to respect their friends. Mm. So I don't want to... I just only say that because it sounds like... You know, when I said scavenge, I think that was a wrong term to use. It sounds mean, but they... they yeah, we get your point. ...took yeah. the clothes from people that didn't need them anymore. Yeah. May they rest in peace. Mm. So the inquest into deaths closed only a month after finding the last bodies rather enigmatically stating that the group had died of a compelling natural force that made them leave the tent, which is, well, leaving the tent is probably one of the biggest mysteries of the whole thing. Like, what made them leave the tent so quickly that they cut it open, left without any of their, all their, their clothes, their shoes, any of their equipment, and... Just ran. Just ran into... Well, they didn't run into the night. That's what makes this bit interesting. All the footprints, the footprints that they found... Or walking. Yeah, they're... Specialists have all agreed that they were walking at a measured pace. So something made them get the fuck out of the tent. Drugs. Really quickly. Possibly drugs. I don't know. I don't think actually drugs. Drugs is what is in here. We'll mm. go into drugs. Okay, I cool. disagree yeah. entirely. Okay. Okay. Um, and then they walk in a calm, measured pace all together towards the tree line. Mm. So that's, that's the biggest mystery that has never been solved. Like what made them act like that? What made them cut open the tent like that? And then just walk calmly. You'd expect if it was any kind of... You know, imminent danger that made them escape out of the tent they'd also be running but that wasn't the case um and the experienced mountaineers they they know that hypothermia is one of and the biggest mm. risk in these kinds of terrains like hypothermia can kill you very quickly and this is russian winter like d the temperature's getting like minus 20 and stuff and they're experienced hikers and they're experienced they they know that that is certain death or almost certain death. So whatever they were escaping from, they must have felt that it was more certain death than risking being partially clothed in minus 20 degree weather. Mm. So some of the weird shit, I mean, I'm just going to quickly go through some of this weird shit, um, but most of the stuff we'll, we'll dive into more so. So don't worry too much about, I mean, okay. you can question. I'm just saying we are going to go into most of these bits more. Okay, if I bring up a question I'm going to cover off, you just let me know and I'll drop it. Okay. So, despite being so hasty to leave the tent, the footprints suggest a calm, measured pace, which we just discussed, towards the trees, which is the weirdest bit of the whole thing, I think. Like, there's no, there's nothing I can think of that actually explains that. Mm -hmm. The documents from the inquest were sealed and sent to secret archives after the investigation was closed. And if you remember, closed very quickly, just a month after the last bodies were found, and sent off to secret archives. Bit sus, if you ask me. Secret archives? What do you mean? Uh, it's sealed and people can't access them. And also, this is Soviet is era. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, remember? So maybe they're trying to get to the moon. Quite possibly. <clears throat> right. 
but yeah, that's that's all um, a matter of a public record. Um, the radiation that was found on the clothing of the group and at the campsite, um, and also some of the people that viewed the bodies, including family members and things like that, they noted a deep orange tan and lightened hair on the bodies, which is also indicative of radiation. Uh, not that you need the indicativeness of the just skin and towards the hair color change. They don't actually picked up radiation from the clothing so radiation was definitely present mm. strange lights were reported uh, orange and blue orbs by another group who was camping about 30 miles away and also from mancy locals i'll tell you what mancy is in a second and also soldiers at a nearby camp and also there's a military camp nearby yep okay cool cool so simeon i think his name is pronounced simeon Possibly isn't actually Semyon at all. Oh, who's Semyon, sorry? Um, he was on the hikers, Semyon Zorotol. He's not Mr. Turnback. No, he's not. Right, okay. He's right. not. Yeah. So his body was actually exhumed from the graveyard that the group was buried in due to some just oddities around the burial records. Uh, he was buried and had a gravestone with his name on it and everything, but there was no official burial record um, attached to him. So his family like, well, his gravestone's here. Remember the burial but according to the official records of the graveyard, he's not actually in here. So his family had his body exhumed and DNA tested against his closest living relatives and there wasn't a match. Okay. Mm. Why not against his parents? Because they weren't living at the time. Right. His body was exhumed in the, I think it was the 90s. Mm. So I think it was the niece that they compared it to. Mm. So the inju- is, that, is that weird? Really weird, I mean? I, I don't know enough about DNA to not parents or something. I think it's a sort of thing. bit sus to okay. not be related to your closest Well, living. not related. Right. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, no. My confusion. Sorry. So, the injured bodies, they showed signs of extreme force. So, when I clarified the injured bodies, that was like the second group, the four, um, who, who, died, who didn't die of hypothermia. So, they showed signs of extreme force. Uh, the, the medical examiners noted that the force was similar to what you'd expect in, in a car accident. Um, and it was like a, the one, the, the bit that was weird about this is that the inside, there was a lot of obviously damage, um, they're, they're crushed on the inside, but there's no soft tissue damage on the outside. So that can preclude quite a lot of kind of uh, reasons why they'd get these kinds of inju- injuries. Like a force field, there would be a fantastic explanation. Uh, getting things like getting beaten up, you'd probably expect quite a bit of soft tissue damage yeah so it kind of removes animals yeah it does yeah or, sorry. or maybe okay it might have been we'll no get, but we'll i mean no, but still that would cause anything physical would cause soft tissue damage as well wouldn't it hmm. yeah yeah you'd expect that generally be yeah yeah or i would sorry yeah i mean they, they'd have some bruises and stuff but yeah like ribs crushed heart hemorrhage you'd expect more soft tissue damage around the chest area than, than there was but some of them did have bruises right okay so the tops of the trees within the vicinity of where the bodies were found um some of them were noted to have been charred and burnt i.e uh, burn marks just around the trees the tops of them mm-hmm. and also and some of the bodies had burn marks now also some of the bodies had burn marks yeah okay a camera belonging to Kruvonishenko was found at the camp. 
set up on a makeshift tripod and the shutter was cocked as if he was gearing up to take a photo and he had taken some photos as well we'll get onto that uh, just before the event so it was all like looking very ready to go so it was like something very quickly happened and they ran off then um, public access to the site was banned for three years and also um, most a lot of the group took cameras and one of the cameras was found with like strange deep sort of scratches on uh, that no one could quite explain okay yeah okay. so those are some of the oddities and uh, now we'll get into some of the theories it feels like it's setting up for alien stuff i'm excited to see where this goes you love a bit of alien i do so on to some of the theories now as you would expect there are a metric bitch ton of theories you said you got rabbit hold this week i did a bit because of this yeah because right. there are a lot of theories now i'm gonna list out um, some of the more common ones um, a lot of these are taken f- from dayoutofpast.com because they go they do a quite good job of delving into some of the more well-known theories even some of, even some of the wackadoodle ones but she doesn't seem to give much credence to the wackadoodle ones but has included them because of their you know, their popularity so we're only i'm going to list out some of the some of the theories but we're only going to dive into to some of my favorite ones whether they're my favorites because they're a bit more wackadoodle or they're my favorite because they're actually quite plausible um but let's list out some of these theories so for these lists no discussion we'll just list. you can ask questions i can't okay. guarantee that because uh, a lot of these you didn't, didn't research heavily into the, these yeah these i didn't lists. research yep. into all of these right, some of these okay. we're going to go back and deep dive into right okay you can ask yep. questions but i might not know yep, the answer to yeah yeah so uh number one is kgb involvement now we do go into that a little bit later okay uh as we do military slash scientific testing mm-hmm. i'm going to go into that a bit later as well uh, mancy murder now mancy they're the they're the natives that live in the area so like they're, they're basically a tribal people uh would they are an interesting people mm. but we're not going to go into the mancy murder theory because i don't feel like it really holds any water um for, for various reasons it was a popular reason um at the very start of the investigation, you know, back in 59, and I think the um, Soviet government tried to bl- put the blame on them, but I don't think that the Mansi had anything to do with it. They right. seemed like very peaceful people. They were very um, helpful with the investig- with the search and the investigation. Right. Um, and I just don't think there's any evidence that it was Mansi. So we're not going to go into that one, but it was an interesting one to list because it was so popular at the start of this. Um, Avalanche, we're going to go into that. UFO, might go into that. Yeah. Yeti, hmm, we might go into that. Yeah. Infrasound, we're not going into that. The what? Infrasound. Which is? So some people think that basically infrasound f- from natural phenomena uh, created, well, infrasound. I don't that know what infrasound is. Uh, like a, 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 like sound. But oh, this is on such like a, a low volume that it's not you can't pick it up by your ear, mm. but it can affect your psyche. No, it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah. it can affect your psyche and cause like hysteria, delirium, <clears throat> things like that. Um, but with things like infrasound, some they they usually only affect like say you put a bunch of people in a room and subject them all to infrasound. Apparently, only like twenty percent of the people would actually be affected by it. Right. So although it could explain like some of the reasoning, the reasons that they did things that didn't seem to make much sense, I don't actually think that infrasound is a very good theory. So I haven't bothered going into that very well, deeply at all. And infrasound's defense, they could also be part of that 20%. Like, you can't roll that out. You can't, but, you can't. But I'm happy for you to pass it over. Okay. Yeah. Um, teleportation experiment gone wrong. I haven't gone to this one either. Oh. Ball lightning. That one was kind of dull, so I didn't bother going into it. And also it seems a bit far-fetched. 
The stove, we are going to go into that one. Okay. Gravity fluctuation, not really going to go into that one. No. Catapatic wind, we are going to go into that one. Okay. Wolverine. The. We might go into that one. Animal or? Bitch, maybe. we have to find out. <laughs> uh, methanol poisoning and magic mushrooms. We're not going to go into those ones. I know you did say drugs before. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my various research this week, I don't didn't think it was that likely. <laughs> How deep into that research did you get? There? Oh, quite a bit. But I think the main. <laughs> no, reason... but I mean, like you researched. I uh, researched hard. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the rabbit hole. That's a rabbit hole. I've just been on shrooms all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work didn't even notice the difference. <laughs> but yeah, for various reasons, I don't think it was that because um, apart from the fact that they left the tent in such a hurry, after that, their actions seemed pretty normal and not like a group that was either that was uh, yeah, under the effects of some kind of delirium or hallucinogenic or had otherwise lost their minds um so i didn't didn't think that it, it was that there's just not enough evidence for it infighting as in infighting in the group um basically they was fought each other to the death i don't I'm not going to one because i don't don't think there's any evidence to that at all really mm-hmm um arctic hysteria now arctic hysteria is an interesting one we're not going to go into it but arctic hysteria something that's been noted um by researchers and apparently it only affects natives and not actually like explorers in the arctic um and they they theorize that it's because uh sometimes natives uh, this could be on many different continents not just this one um they have like a, a mental breakdown when they come into contact with with modern civilization, um, or they face that their beliefs aren't intrinsic or worldwide, and they have like a bit of a breakdown, or it could just be as simple as having a tantrum because they don't want foreigners on their land. So they have a Arctic hysteria episode and start beating everyone up and then put it down to some kind of hysteria. So Arctic hysteria is an interesting uh, phenomenon, mm. but. Because these were these guys were not natives, they were they don't qualify. Yeah, they they don't really qualify. No. Um, snowmobile as the murder method. Not going to go into this one. I did look into it, and it's interesting, but um, again, just not enough evidence that it actually could have been that. Um, and also a melt. So similar to the infighting, but this in this particular case, uh, Zolotaryov's meltdown, which is Zolotaryov was the one we talked about, who's the older member who didn't quite belong. Um, might not even be him and apparently some people think that he might have had some kind of meltdown and he was to blame right. so there are of course a lot more wackadoodle theories um, on the internet uh, but not really going to go into those because they're just ridiculous like um, arctic dwarves and spirits things like that angry right. spirits uh, so yeah not going to give any airtime to those ones so we'll just uh, jump into the, the first theory any guesses as to what my first one will be? Or is it the first one on the list? Do you no. before that you're going to talk about? No, it's not the first one on the list. Is it aliens? No, it's not. No. It's Wolverine. Ah, oh, cool. Okay. Unfortunately. And Deadpool. Unfortunately, it's the animal Wolverine. Right, okay. Yeah. So the Wolverine theory, um, and also, just in case you didn't know, the Latin name for Wolverine is Gulo Gulo, which means glutton. Okay. Because they're just chunky boys that eat a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they've been they've been known to attack bears and hunt elks, despite the fact that they usually only weigh between eleven and thirty kgs. So to put that in perspective for you, that's around two to four frankies, 
but they're out there like fucking up bears and elks. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't think they were huge, but yeah, yeah they're, they're not. Yeah. They're the, but they're feisty ass buggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they also have the ability to spray a stinky liquid. Yes, we have a massive cat. I have a massive cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. She's my cat. Yeah. No, my mistake. Only my cat. Backtracked. Yeah. She used to belong to Busby. Public apology. But back in the day, he gave her to me, and now she lives with me. And she's now double the size. Anyway. Uh, wolverines have the ability to spray a stinky liquid like a skunk does as like a defense mechanism mm. so the theory is that one of these spicy chonky smelly boys uh, he's attracted by the smell of cooking and he manages to get into the tent where the group try to scare him off by hitting it and things like that and apparently that would explain the deep mysterious scratches found in one of the cameras but the, the spicy boy, he sprays his stank, but due to him being by the entrance of the tent, they can't get any. He's also very feisty and a wild mm. creature, and you don't want to go past him because wolverines are like so they vicious. Cut their way out. Right. So they cut their way out, yeah. um, decide to wait for the chonky pest to leave, but the elements get to them first. So, in my opinion, the theory is a solid two out of ten. <laughs> like, it doesn't really stand up, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, doesn't explain much of the body damage. Yeah, it doesn't explain any of that stuff. Apart yeah. from it, you could say, oh, just. A little bit. Elements. Yeah. Um, I, I mainly left it in because I have a soft spot for angry fat animals. <laughs> and if I had the chance, I'd probably try and snuggle one. <laughs> because maybe they're just so angry because they need a snug and maybe some snacks. Yeah. yeah. Very relevant to the previous Frankie story. Yeah. Yeah. So our next theory. Okay, so you gave that one 2 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to reserve judge it to, judgment until I've heard the lot. Okay. No. You may. You should stop giving judgment. Don't trust me. Fine. Yeah. So the Yeti. Mm-hmm. It's another creature I might die trying to pet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the Yeti theory is based on a uh, documentary. I say that with doing quotation marks. Uh, with a delightfully dramatic title of Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. Now a lot of this documentary is based on the evidence of one photo developed from the group's film oh i've downloaded this for you apparently mm-hmm. let me have a look apparently you made notes i made notes so do you need me to talk while you load up the photo that's fine um you can't scroll you just have to look at my screen you can't scroll because there's another photo that you're going to look at later on so you can just look can at I zoom sc- in you can zoom in just don't right. go scrolly scrolly oh so i've probably seen this photo i don't know right i mean it looks kind of familiar oh oh as I zoomed out, disappeared. I didn't see anything. It's all right. Okay. So Black Larry is... photo. Well, sorry. A snowy forest photo with a dark figure in the background that could be a man or a yeti. Hard to get a sense of scale. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a lot of the basis of this theory. And mm-hmm. again, I think it's a pretty crap one. Because mm. um, the... Poisonal biased. He's up. I don't know. I think it's a pretty crap one. I'm just saying, like, you can see that photo. Does it look like a Yeti? No, you can't tell. It could be no, a man or a woman in just ski gear. I also thought a Yeti was white third. third. I think that's the abominable snowman. Oh, yeah, that is too. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. 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 So it's theorised that the, the Yeti scared the group out of the tent. He killed the two with the chest injuries by squeezing them, because that would explain like the, the injuries that were of force, but not much uh, ex- exterior damage. Mm-hmm. And the rest died from hypothermia whilst trying to hide from the Yeti. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly the two that were under the tree tried to climb the tree to escape him. And that's why it was like full of chunks of their flesh and their hands were basically like bloodied. Yep. Okay. So the Ural Mountains, they are a hotspot for Yetis. 
uh, the Mansi people themselves, they, they know of them. And Apparently, they, if you believe in Yetis. If you believe, well, yeah, but also I'm not going to go against the natives, and right, they right. believe in the Yetis. But, but we they, haven't done Yetis as a topic. No, we haven't. But the Demancy people also believe in them, and they call, don't call them Yetis, obviously. They call them the Menk. And apparently some of the Demancy people believe wholeheartedly that the Menk was to um, was to blame for this. Okay. The group also wrote a satirical newspaper which was found with their belongings. Um, Sorry, who wrote the newspaper? The group. The group is? There's a hiking group. Right. The they group wrote a new- a satirical what? newspaper. Which what does satirical mean? Uh, it's it like satire. It's like a jokey thing. Right. Okay. Uh, while on this trip. Yeah, whilst on the trip. Right. Okay. And uh, this this was found with their belongings and just one little section. Uh, just it says obviously it was in Russian, but it's been translated. In says in recent years there has been a heated debate about the existence of yeti. According to recent reports, yeti live in the northern Ural near Mount Otorten. End quote. Uh, so apparently the name of this satirical newspaper that they wrote was the uh, the evening O'Torton. So O'Torton was uh, the region they were in. Mm. Uh, so apparently, but hard to verify, uh, the Mansi people attribute the deaths to the Mank, and they think that the the area itself is full of them, and that is why the the mountains themselves are called Siakul. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Translates to a dead mountain because of this. Okay. Now I tried to verify just a bit about the name um but some people think that it was called dead mountain because that the ments that the mansi people recognize that there wasn't actually much wildlife in the area so it's not like dead as in death but dead as in Lacking not much life. Yeah. yeah yeah so disappointingly that's pretty much the extent of the yeti evidence so would it be nice to have more does it burn tops of trees that could that was just that you kind of brushed over that the impact mm. the missing eyes the leaving suddenly well, I mean, the, the eyes. Walking's still not quite. So we're going to cover off the walking thing, eh? Well, that's oh, no, kind of not really, because that's just like an unexplained aspect. There are other theories that. It's still to survive that long. It also doesn't. I, I have doubts about how well, how far apart they could have walked as well. We, we'll go into more of it, but okay. the fact that they the footsteps show that they're walking mm. is unexplained. Just like why they escaped out of the tent yeah, there are yeah, theories yeah. but right. we don't know okay there's no okay. way of knowing yeah well that's my favorite one so far <laughs> cool so we'll get into the stove now the stove isn't actually really an interesting theory but i've included it because it was a very it was a very popular one okay so we'll just quickly go through it so it explains if it, this theory is true it explains a few things such as why they uh, might have left the tent really quickly but walked calmly away and also explained a marks on on some of the people so the, the, the people have been marks oh yeah you did yeah, say yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah a couple yeah. of the people have been marks yeah. so the theory is that um the the stove wasn't uh, dismantled properly and they got it started to smoke inside the tent and also they might have gotten carbon monoxide poisoning from the fumes so the carbon monoxide poisoning could explain um that some of the decisions weren't that sensible as in like leaving the tent and all their belongings not getting dressed properly i thought carbon monoxide just makes you go to sleep i think it can cause delirium okay yeah you sure we can pause and check no no no. you keep reading i'll google but yeah the 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 carbon monoxide poisoning is 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 a popular theory Uh, so that could explain like some of the the relatively well not dumb but like some of the unusual decisions that they made because yeah, yeah. business confusion okay yeah. yeah you can't call a decision dumb when it might be made out of panic so i take that back yeah um 
However, there were no burn marks inside of the tent and the stove itself was found disassembled and packed away. So we can't even be sure that the stove had been lit that night. Um, and if it had, then it had probably been lit quite well before because it would have been um, yeah, let to cool well, down. It could before. have also been packed up after the fact if they didn't. Yeah, but it had to be left quite a while for it to cool down enough to be able to be packed up. No, but also, I mean, because like, some, some of them have had their clothes removed, so they all didn't die at the same time. No, they didn't. So some could have, they could have, like, w- walked off with a bit of delusion. Some shit could have happened to some of them. And some of them have come back and tried to survive and things are a bit messy and they're feeling, I don't know, and that someone's packed up the oven. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, side note on the uh, stove front, their last meal was probably ham, bacon and vodka. What? Yeah. Oh, good. I love the food chat. So um, Ham, this... bacon and vodka. I mean, they probably had other things like... Um... <laughs> like pork, pork and... It was probably like non, like other things in their backpacks that they had, like bread or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was just evidence that they had ham and bacon that night, and also there was um, a hip flask of vodka found so hmm. in the tent. So this theory, of course, it doesn't explain the injuries of the hikers, and of course, unless carbon monoxide poisoning made them did make them delirious, why would they trip? all the way to the treetops. Like, if um, like the stove theory is, like, part of the poisoning part, like, they just had to leave the tent because it was, might have been on fire, which doesn't make sense because there was no burn marks. And if it was just, like, oh, it's, like, full of smoke or whatever, you wouldn't trek, like, more than a mile away. You'd try and... You'd probably air, stay around your yeah, tent. You'd yeah, you'd try and air it out, stay around your tent, because they're, they're, like, half naked with no shoes. You're not going to, like... But the smoke isn't going to make you run all the way for the trees. So unless... Mm-hmm. Unless it was carbon monoxide poisoning, which made them act um, in unpredictable ways, and they're just like freaking out because of delirium and confusion. Um, but if that was the case, if it was carbon monoxide poisoning making them act like this, then why are the footprints all like just calm and measured if they were like having some kind of freak out uh, from confusion. delirium? They could just be like walking confused, like just stompies, just like marching along confused, but don't know. Plans they've got to go to somewhere, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think if it was like panic and delirium, they wouldn't have been walking this like in a, a controlled group and a measured pace. It doesn't make much sense to me. So I don't think much of that theory, but it is a, a very. I like it. I see why it's popular. Yep, yeah. it is. It's got some good points mm. to it, but I think there's a, a lot it's, 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 wrong with it when it you start to think explain. about it. Well, I'm also wondering if, like, say, some of the injuries are being caused by, say, I'm really grasping at straws here. Something happens to a few of them. There's a reason they're not hiking out there. They're staying there kind of thing. And what well, can you remember some of the injuries? Can you just like off the top of your head, the violent ones? Uh, yeah, so two of them had crushed chests. Yeah. Uh, like broken ribs. One of them had a heart piercing. One of, one of them had a, a really bad head injury. Yeah. And it's and so there's no chance to say someone's fallen and they've taken them away to... Leave, like say someone's fallen off a cliff kind of thing. And they've recovered the body and they don't want to just buy the campsite there, so they just take it away a bit. No, I don't think so. The falling off a cliff kind of, um, some of the, the the second group, the bodies were found in a ravine, but it wasn't a cliff, it was like less than four foot drop. But there was a, a ravine of like a, a little frozen stream. Yeah, yeah um, but I'm, I'm just... But yeah, no, no like area. cliffs around. Um, it, no. was, it wasn't actually that, like a, that much of a dramatic terrain. Mm. Um, which is some of the reasons why some people think that the avalanche theory doesn't stack up. Right. But we'll, yeah. obviously we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, um, avalanches can travel the distance, though. 
They can. Yeah, yeah. Like across flat ground, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but there's got to be a starting point to yeah, give yeah, you yeah. that kind of inertia. Enough the train. Okay, I'm reserving comment. Right. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> so, uh, on, please. <laughs> now, someone, some of the other theories that we're going to go into, um, they almost merge into each other uh, because it's like a lot where that same evidence has been leans towards each one yeah yeah Yeah, so it's like oh ufo might explain this piece of evidence but also so could military testing so i'm gonna try not to repeat myself too much but i probably will because that's just who i am as a person we'll title off some facts and we'll hear it sorry if if, if it suits you can title off some facts and then just repeat that title i guess when that comes to yeah i'll try to write it in such a way that i'm not repeating myself too much but um, we're gonna rattle off two boring theories first because these two theories are the ones that um, scientifically accepted as to be the most plausible. Okay. So these are the most accepted theories. Mm-hmm. So the first one is catabatic wind, which is a phenomenon which usually happens when cold air flows downwards with a huge force. So it usually happens um, around glaciers and mountains. So this this is the area for it. Um, and they can happen very quickly with, with no warning. It's not like you need a storm or anything for them to happen. It can just happen so there is good evidence for the what's this called again sorry catabatic wind catabatic if i'm pronouncing it correctly okay cool all good yeah not question yeah just... k-a-t-a-b-a-t-i-c okay yeah so there is there is good evidence uh, that it could be this uh, a catabatic wind uh, was also to blame for the deaths of another group of hikers in 1978 in sweden so you know different continent different decade uh, but it but it can happen it is very violent and very sudden so it is a it is very plausible so the evidence for catabatic winds so catabatic winds occur would have destroyed the footsteps they should have destroyed the footsteps yeah mm. um, they they generally occur or they occur more so should i say at night when the air temperature drops so one of the one of the diaries of the hikers um, did mention an unexpectedly warm breeze in the early evening, uh, which again is common for a catabatic wind. It's part of the mechanism of it. Um, the, the colder air at the top flows down over the warmer air, which creates just like a really dense force. So, just... Sorry. So what is? Are you about to describe this? Sorry, if you are. What, what is catabatic wind? Is it like a I wind just, slamming down, or I just did describe it. Well, it's. A, you said it's a wind and it's, there's a hot air and then cold air, but I don't know. Which I mean, creates a massively dense force of wind, which flows downwards, like down the slope. So it's like, okay, it's like so almost like a bowling ball of wind. Right, but it's, it's hitting you from the side. Well, I'm trying to think of the, like what makes it unique. Is it just a sudden strong wind? Is that what it is? Yeah, created from like the, the cold air at the top flowing downwards over like peaks. And then they flow over the, the warmer, denser air underneath, and it creates like it flies a flies over warmer like areas. Flows over, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it just creates this that sort of just creates like this really dense force of of wind. Okay. And it's okay. like very loud, but it's not like all around like the when we got like normal wind gusts, like they're just like it's like a force of wind. Like, hits like you. A, yeah. yeah. Like when you drive along, you see that wall of rain in front of you, and it's like that, but the wind's coming at you. Okay. I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a this is a real phenomenon, mm-hmm. not that common, but uh, not that rare either in these kinds of of environments. 
So if it um, if it was a catapetic wind, the group did act accordingly. They quickly evacuated the tent, and they um, they did leave a torch on top. Now this I find relatively interesting because they left a torch on top, which you might assume is to help them find their way back to it. But the torch was left in its off position. It had plenty of batteries, but it wasn't actually shining on. Why do you mean to leave your tent? Do you know? Uh, yeah, because the tent is is a risk in this situation like it can pick you up and carry you away yeah right okay so they did the right things like the tent when they found it was or partially destroyed and it was covered in what had quite a bit of snow on top of it Mm. so the the people that go for the the tent had snow on top of it yeah but the footprints did not that's right yeah so the the pro catapetic wind theory say that um that's explainable Mm. because they actually themselves physically tried to like hurriedly shove some snow on top of it oh okay right yeah okay um sounds plausible on the surface i assume it's you sorry also from the description of it it's quite a sudden like it hits yeah very sudden right yeah there'll be no warning like bad weather isn't and does it get stronger as it goes or it's just like here's the full punch that i'm not sure not sure okay right did they last long not sure not sure okay i assume that'll be very circumstantial yep. like depends yeah yep. i was just trying to work at some of the characteristics yep. of it like is it like a like a 10 minute here's a sudden punch on a calm day and it's terrifying because like where did that come from this is weird and then it's gone and it can mess with your head a little bit as well because of how sudden it is or is it more like a tornado, tornado but just one direction like okay don't know that's right yeah not mm. sure mm. so yeah the theory is that they they got out the tent because that's what you should do in this situation they they tried to hasten try and uh, collapse it as much as possible then have really much time to do that and try and throw some snow on top so that could explain why it was like a little bit um dismantled but not really quite dismantled with some snow on top of it um cutting from the inside out because they they theorized that possibly the the actual entrance was either a blocked or they thought it was blocked or b they just assumed that it'd be quicker to cut their way out so they actually had all the equipment necessary to um, make any sewing repairs but, but this is 58 59 sorry remember it wasn't a zipper it was fasteners so it would have been quicker to cut as opposed to fiddling with the fasteners mm, i wonder if also like instead of making it like a pocket that can catch wind if you make it a hole so it goes through it it doesn't so they're more this. likely to come back to a tent intact if there was like you'll come back to a tent yeah, but that, i don't know how the style of the tent either like to yeah. Is it one big tent for all kind of thing? Yeah, one big tent. Uh, right. It was quite a, a long, long and thinnish kind of tent. Okay. Just kind of your old-fashioned looking multiple layers. Um, so after quickly trying to dismantle the tent as much as possible, trying to like shove some snow on top of it to, to give it some weight um, so that actually have a tent to come back to. Um, after this, this is just the, the theoretical. Mm. After this, they, they tr- head towards a tree line to give them some more shelter. Um, and at the point they get the tree line, they, they build a fire, but it can't keep them warm enough for long because they're all very much underdressed. Three hikers attempt to get back to the tent, but due to their inadequate clothing, they, they die. The two under the pine, they also die from hypothermia, but it's unknown why in the catapetic wind situation, if this was what happened, it's unknown why they uh, were so desperate to climb a tree that they reduced their hands to bloody stumps. Why would you leave your clothes behind? Yeah, that's part of the issue I find I'm really struggling with, with this the one. catapetic wind. Now, the the proponents for it would say that they were just freaked out by it. Is that your phone ringing? No, I can't hear anything. Oh, just because I've got headphones on, I can hear a phone ringing. It must be the neighbour. Sorry, carry oh. on. Um, yeah, what was I saying? So, they would have just been like 
freaked out because apparently it's very very noisy mm. and it could have been way more dramatic than they re- realized so they're like tr- quickly trying to escape but i actually agree with you and that's one of the reasons i don't mind the catabatic wind um, yeah that sounds like the worst one so far i think it's wolverine I mean, and yeti are more believable really yeah absolutely well, i'm not sure about that but anyway, we'll, we'll yeah. carry on with the with the, the hypothetical theory. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple more sentences. Mm-hmm. So the the remaining. Oh, we'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The remaining four, uh, they attempt to build a snow shelter, but it collapses, and this causes their injuries. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, cutting the tent makes sense in this kind of emergency because the the opening was fastened, and it would have been a lot quicker, and they had the equipment to to save the tent if possible the next day or whatever. Um, so the quicker exit that doesn't bother me evidence against however is leaving without their clothes and their shoes is almost certain death but according to this theory they might have had time to try and dismantle the tent and throw some snow on top of it if you had time to try and do that you'd have time to like get your clothes which is absolutely life-saving yeah so that seems a bit sus unless snow falling on you doesn't cool your eyes to disappear in mass yeah this is oh just... well yeah but the the soft tissue, the, the, the eyes and tongue missing, that's been theorised by people who believe in the catabatic wind or the avalanche theory. Uh, just assume that the softest tissues are scavenged or decompose by soonest. Yeah, so like they decompose or get attacked by scavengers first, and that's why those bits were missing on okay. some of them. I'll accept that. That's very good. Yeah, because yeah. I've been thinking that, but yeah. Um, but. I just it just feels weird about like they. No, I'm really against this yeah, one. Yeah, they cut the way out of the tent. Mm. They don't stick around to put some clothes and shoes on, but they do stick around to try and put some snow on top of the tent. Um, and even if they didn't, and it was just a coincidence, and it was actually just snowfall that put the snow on top of the tent, they still like rush out, but then walk at a measured pace. So that still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like you briefly mentioned before, the footprints were still visible. Yeah. So, like this catapatic, this violent catapatic wouldn't happen. The footsteps were were still very visible a month after. The torch was still on top of the tent. Mm. You'd think a violent wind would knock that off. Mm. And also, once they get to the tree line, they manage to somehow make a fire despite the violent winds, apparently. Yeah. So, I'm not sure about that. But a lot of people are big into the catapatic wind theory. Oh, and also. From your sales pitch, zero out of ten for me. Like, uh, worst, I, wouldn't say, z- I wouldn't say zero. No, I would, though. This is the worst. And also, <laughs> like, a catapatic wind could have also. Um, uh, what was it called? Because I haven't actually written about this one, but it sort of goes into another natural phenomenon. I think it was called the Kamal or the Kamal vortex, which is similar to the. Oh, what was the other one I said? With the the sound um it can create like really scary sounds and stuff which would could have freaked them out enough to want to exit the tent like that to walk away and leave perfect footprints yeah 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 i mean at this point i know we haven't gone into all the theories yet obviously but at this point can you think of any reason even if it's just like totally pulling a theory out your ass can you think of any reason why they'd leave measured footprints behind perfectly preserved but uh, cut the way at the tent mental state so like drugs, if I were, like that. Sorry, that's just the I think the most logical one. That Perfectly logical. measured footprints, though, when they're in a panic. And they're not in a panic; they're just in a delusion. Wouldn't that be a panic? No, why? Why does it have to be? Like delusion can be any sort. They could just be. They could think they're in a nice sunny place and they're all going for a all walk together. Them. Yeah, why not? All, if they've all taken the same drug, or they're no, all being all... affected by the same mind-altering thing, then it doesn't uh, have to be sorry. drug. You can. Two people can take the same exact drug and same exact dose oh, no, and have very dr- different sorry, we'll trips. Sorry, we drugs from it. We're just talking about 
it's something mind altering then okay cool like that, that that for me i think is the easiest one and uh, injuries uh that wasn't the, your question well no, my question was about the whole thing okay well then someone goes crazy okay so the next and the most famous and most widely accepted theory mm-hmm. is the avalanche slash snow slab how factual are these footsteps factual there's foot um there's photos okay i didn't save any of them for you sorry that's but, okay but that's the, yeah, the footsteps um, all walking away is is just 100 percent fact unarguable yeah i mean you could probably make an argument that it's just assuming that they walked in a measured pace but i think that's i think that is based on very they solid been at science times as well it could have been like, as in you don't know? I don't know that. that, that that's not a point that has come up? That's not a point that's come up. Okay. But I think the fact that they were, that everyone agrees that they were, like, scientists and stuff, agree that they were walking at a measured pace, I think it would be very obvious. Like, even just, I, if I, you I just, yeah, so. yeah, if yeah, you just yeah. look at walking in the sand, the damp sand, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. be able to tell yeah. if it's walking or running. Yeah. You could just run next to it and compare. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't be hard to work out. So the avalanche slash snow slab slash snow slab is really hard to say. Slash snow slab. Slash snow slab. So this is this is the most common theory. In 2019, um, Russia actually reopened the case just due to the amount of interest and conspiracies about it. So obviously it was closed very quickly in 1959. 2019, they decided to reopen it and research in 2019? It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, this cool. is all very recent developments yeah 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 yeah. um they reopened it but they only looked into the three three theories avalanche catabatic wind and tornado okay yeah yeah they didn't actually look into any other stuff like the military testing and things like that right so they concluded um that an avalanche or snow slab was the official cause and this is backed by computer simulations interesting side note animation codes from frozen as in frozen the disney movie mm. were used to help uh, the the simulations of this okay so cool. Uh, cool. one of the, the lead investigators he was he saw frozen the movie mm. and he was so impressed at how they depicted the movement of snow that he asked the animators if he could have the code and they said yeah Cool. So, I like, I like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. They he used some of the frozen code to to basically make this this model. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. So they theorize that uh, when the group dug into um, the slope to erect the tent, this caused they were on a slope. They were on a small slope. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was somewhere between twenty three and twenty eight degrees. Oh, it's a bit of a slope. It's a bit of a slope, yeah. but not yeah. a massive slope. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, forty five is bloody steep, so twenty three is. Like that. You're leaning forward a little bit as you walk up at the street. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. I imagine when you're sort of like going up a mountain. It's, yeah, no. No issues. I was just picturing a slope. big flat open plains for some reason. So they theorize that when they dug into it to, because obviously you had, you had to dig out a little bit to secure your tent. Mm. And they theorize that this caused a, a crack, which eventually led to a snow slab falling on the tent later on. Now, the group members that were hit most, I don't like it because they're at the edge of the tent or whatever, mm. they're, they're the ones that uh, had the most injuries because the pressure of, of the, the, slab, the snow slab falling on them would create that sort of, that crushing without all the soft okay. tissue yeah. damage. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the lessons you remember of the tent and now this is the part which is sort of like hypothetical mm. and just theorizing what might have happened to them after that the lessons you members of the tent cut their way out and they help their injured comrades and make their way to the tree line in case there's further avalanches coming mm. so they they attempt to make snow caves at this point uh, two snow ca- evidence of potentially up to two snow caves were found so while the injured members try to stay warm next to a fire some of the group are attempting to make these snow caves Three attempt to go back for supplies because they realise they can't survive without them, but they die of hypothermia on the way. The injured succumb to their wounds as well, and as do the other two that stay behind with them, cut and dry. Maybe. So, so this this big oh maybe okay you see maybe. Me out there. So this yeah. big slab. Sorry, am I allowed to ask some questions? Yeah, yeah. Um, are they implying that it moved like say two meters, but it's huge? Not so much, not not huge, just heavy and forceful. So they're saying that the snow, as opposed to an avalanche, that will come like from further away and build up. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's it's just not steep enough. No, I'm picturing like a giant concrete slab. Yeah, just just like a snow slab drops onto a few people. That was um, that collected more snow during the course of the evening, and then it just like like that. Like a like a whole street just slips two meters into your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then melts. And then, I don't think we'll oh, be melting, no. no. No, it's not melting. No, it's not melting. But then, then they dig them out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Explains the stuff on the tent, but it's, and maybe they're walking away because they're concerned it's going to be an avalanche. Okay. Footsteps, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. like yeah. walk at measured pace. Yeah. So the the biggest critics of the avalanche theory, they point out that we there was... still know to get clothes. Yeah, you'd think so. So just recap me on how they were dressed, sorry. Um... Well, unknown they how they all. Eh? Yeah, most of them were barefooted. Yeah. That we know for sure. Yeah. Unknown who left the tent and what, because as we mentioned before, like it looks like once oh, people started clothes, dying off, they they took clothes, right. but there wasn't enough to go around at any rate. How so? The tent. How much snow was on it when it was found? Oh, it was visible. The tent was visible. So it's not that buried. No. But maybe they're just terrified. Like there's literally some people yeah, just suddenly died out. and slipped, and people Injured. freaking out and we've got to get away. And... More concerned about more avalanche on its way. Yeah, it sort of doesn't sound completely. But no, but I'm not against it. Okay, and it yep. does does explain why they walked carefully away because they don't want to set anything else off. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So the the biggest critics of the avalanche theory they mm. point out that the once the search party got there, there wasn't actually any evidence of this. There was no evidence of an avalanche. Yeah, because if there's footsteps, it still would have been evidence of yep. a big. Well, no, this ice slab could be massive, but you'd yeah, you'd think there'd be evidence. Yeah, yeah you'd yeah. expect okay. that yeah. the tent would be like the torch wouldn't be on it. The stuff inside the tent would be like disturbed and stuff. Crushed. The, yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't. There was apparently, I couldn't verify this. But you'd apparently- also think you'd be like it's not just at their tent. You'd think it'd be quite far along, like a big chunk of it to have so much force behind. Oh, maybe not. But okay, yeah. Yeah, you'd assume so. There'd be cracks, I mean, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. And according to uh, a couple of witness reports, again, is witness reports, but you can't really verify it. Mm. Like inside the tents, there's even stuff like um, a, a cup of cocoa still in, in situation, like not tipped over. Right. Which okay. seems odd if your tent's been hit by this massive force Slip, and your yeah. friends having to dig you out. So usually avalanches. Once again, though, that could be that could have been made after. Not in the no, no, okay. no, no. You're sorry. not going to yeah. stick around and make a cocoa, but not put. No, but I mean, like a week later. Huh? Like, like people have survived. They come back. They've made the drink. No one came back. If they came back, they'd put their clothes on, their shoes and clothes. No one came back. Okay. So you would. Ex- oh, because all footsteps lead away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
and also people did make it back to the tent that have higher priorities than making cocoa. Like putting clothes on. Yeah, but I wonder if they on. put clothes on, then made cocoa. And then got undressed again? N- I... No, and then didn't walk away, I mean. But they, their bodies weren't there. Well, I, I'm sorry, the, my point is I'm struggling to remember. Like, I'm sure made I'm... some cocoa, left it behind, left and shared out some clothes. I don't know, I'm just I'm grasping at straws. You are. So far, nothing makes sense. Yeah, you are yeah. grasping at straws, so I'm just going to continue, yeah? Yeah. So you, you would expect an avalanche to <laughs> usually leave behind like a certain pattern of debris that you'd expect and uh, patterns in the snow as well. Plus, as already noted, the footsteps were still very clearly yeah, visible. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to rule out avalanche and happy to accept a big giant slab of ice, if you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. a concrete slab, not uh, avalanche. Okay. Yeah. Yep, you'd still expect a, a snow slab to leave behind certain patterns. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like You'd think there'd be like a kind of a big crack along like a nearly like a even if it's just say two foot high imagine two foot high width of ice and we'll say a kilometer back it's huge and if that just shifts a few meters enough to crush somebody suddenly i'm sure i'd struggle to think that it didn't just happen at that one spot kind of thing like there'd be more evidence of it around especially if footsteps were still exposed Mm. yeah so the slope itself, um, that was considered to not be of an extreme enough angle to be uh, conducive to as a, an avalanche or a snow slab. So usually these happen at, um, at greater than 30 degrees. The slope in question was between 23 and 28. So 28, you're like, oh, yeah, that seems pretty close. And it is. Um, 23 was the angle they initially suspected, but later expeditions said it could be as extreme as 28. But 23 is what they're initially working with here. Yeah, I've also seen avalanches, though, like travel down mountains, then travel kilometers then travel up other sides yeah but the, the start of it would have been great uh, greater than that the start of the avalanche oh, oh i know but you're saying there's no mountains within kilometers mm, apparently not according to the experts like the, the conditions and the angles just weren't conducive to avalanches okay yeah so if the the cutting into the slope was apparently the cause the effect you'd expect to be quite immediate and not hours after the fact now I don't know, I'm not sciencey enough to know if that's true or not. Like, apparently some people are like, no. Like, apparently some experts are like, no, if that was the cause, you'd expect it to happen quite quickly. Um, but then other experts say, well, no, because the cracks started happening and then it built up some weight on top of it with extra snowfall that night. And then the other experts are like, actually, there wasn't any snowfall that night. So that one is just a, a clusterfuck, right. which yeah. I can't be bothered researching that hard into because it's just a, a roundabout. Not good enough, yeah. yeah. So the it's unlikely to be the cause or the extent of the injuries to some of the group. Um, plus f- five of the nine didn't have any of these types of injuries at all. Now you could explain that by saying that oh, these four happened to be at that end of the tent and the other five were just like, totes fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, yeah, it's a bit, bit odd that like some had catastrophic injuries and then others, you'd expect like a, like a domino effect, like a gradient this okay. person had like fatal chest injuries and person then the next person had like broken legs and then it's like gradually less yeah but who knows some are horrific some are not at all yeah yeah it could have been two groups um okay. well, they're all in the same tent yeah yeah but i mean one at one end one uh, like half at one end half at the other kind of thing i mean yeah. Um, other people that are, um, you know, mountaineers or people that have experience in this kind of thing, they note that in the case of an avalanche or a snow slab, they actually walk down the hill and not across, which is what you don't do. 
And they, yeah. they would have known that. Yeah. A bit like trying to s- swim out of a rip instead of across out of a rip. Yeah, well, people do that in panic, but these guys they do, aren't do that panic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could ex- say panic because pe- mm. even experienced swimmers do, do that with riptides. Mm. But all of them should have n- automatically started walking across and not down because the avalanche is following you. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. So they, sh- they should have been walking across and not down the hill. Mm. Um, the, the injuries sustained by some of them must have occurred later because the injuries themselves were critical, but all nine sets of footprints were clear and distinct, i.e. no one was dragged or carried. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if they'd have yeah. sustained those critical injuries, you'd have expected them to have to have some kind of assistance down the hill. Yeah. Um, they, they were calm enough to walk at a measured pace, so why wouldn't they go in the other direction? Like they got, they're clear-headed enough to be like, okay, we've got to walk in a clear and a calm and measured pace, mm. but not clear-headed enough to decide to walk in the other direction back towards their, their cache of extra supplies, which was a mile in the other direction as opposed to a mile in the direction of the unknown. So they're pretty much in the middle of unknown tree line a mile away and their cache of supplies a mile that way. And they so walk the opposite direction. They go to the unknown direction as opposed okay. to where they know they've got like, I don't know if there's extra clothes in the cache, but there was certainly food and supplies, like medical supplies and food. Yeah. Matches. And also just a known direction. Like yeah. They, they know it's what's that way. Yeah. Back homewards. Yeah. Yeah. So the direction doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Those were the ones that are supposed to be the, the, the actual explanations. What do you think of this? Mm, yeah, it was... A, uh, none of them are great, eh? Like, none of them are that believable. Can you quickly recap me on the titles? Catapatic Wind yeah. and Avalanche. And then we had the other theories before that, like the Wolverine and the Yeti and stuff. I'm more... I'm So far, I'm more inclined to believe Yeti. Ye- Yeti, of, as opposed or, to the Avalanche. Or, yeah. What's What's... Making you think that it couldn't have possibly been an avalanche. Well, there's no Yeti footsteps either, though, eh? No, there's no Yeti footsteps. And also no, no, no evidence no. that Yeti exists. Or Mank. No, no, but there's also there's evidence that avalanche stirs up snow and covers footsteps, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but as you said when I was and discussing that, you said if it was a snow slab, not an avalanche. Yeah, yeah, but there's also no evidence of snow slab. And there's no... Avalanche just doesn't have enough to cause uh, complete delusional actions, in my mind. No. Fear... But not I mean, walking it, at a calm pace. Like if you're walking at a calm pace, you're clearly applying logic to your decision. Or for me, like we'll say you're in a sleepwalkish, trances, weird, mind-altered state, or you're calm. Like to be walking at a calm pace, right? Like there's, there's, I mean, your mind's altered and you're walking for what you don't know why that speed, or you know why you're walking that speed. And if you know why you're walking that speed, you're applying logic to your decisions and the direction and actions don't seem like it's logical. But you also think that drugs or altered state of consciousness is a good reason? No, no, I think it's more likely than everything else so far. Okay. Like, we'll say mind control. That sounds more likely if we're going to get into some KGB alien stuff. I'm more inclined to think those things at the moment. Okay. Because for me, nothing's really made enough sense. I I think the, the best thing about this is that actually nothing makes sense. Yeah, 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 I'm liking that. There's, there's, there's zero. There's, there's not a single theory that ex- that could adequately explain everything. Because even with like the, the avalanche one, which most people say is what happened, mm. there's so much unknowns. And even with some of that more outlandish ones, it's like the stores don't necessarily explain How deep everything. How the snow that they're on? Do you know? I'm not sure. No, there's not a chance that they, 
the whole tent just shifted. Well, no, because there's evidence of where they dug out and placed like, um, like branches and stuff underneath. No, like, no, but I'm thinking like, say, are they on say four meters of snow? I'm not sure. And a ho- this whole like football fields of like near them just goes and shifts, and they're just they're freaking out. They get out of it, and then it's kind of like this. It's just shifted a kilometer away, and they walk towards it. Or walk away from it whatever you know so the, i'm thinking could the whole tent and the whole site have shifted seamlessly or are they be on lot, the ground and it's not that deep i assume there'd be a lot of evidence if that was the case of that kind of and then it, event happening why would they walk away from it still yeah no I'm, just, I'm trying to grasp at straws for something that could for me has no argument against it and i'm not finding anything so so far nothing is i've gone no i believe this okay hmm. well we'll get on to some of the more interesting theories yes so uh, some of these do merge together a bit as i mentioned before like i don't want to repeat myself but a lot of the evidence for each of these theories using the same evidence to point to different reasons why it happened so i've tried to write it in such a way that i'm not repeating myself a whole lot but i probably will so my apologies try to make it cohesive but also i'm like half blind at the moment take some pity on me i can barely even read my own notes yeah (laughs) it's just your handwriting i mean my handwriting is awful regardless but also it's awful and i'm half blind so we're going to go back to the glowing orbs that were reported by other groups Mm -hmm. um and the glowing orbs is like i said things are going to merge together the orbs are used uh interchangeably for evidence of ufos or military testing yeah but it was also spotted by or reported by military group wasn't it yeah but the assumption is that the because there's a like a an army camp nearby but it wasn't supposed to be like a like a classified military testing area. Mm. So if these soldiers were correct in what they saw, it doesn't actually necessarily mean that they're... In the loop. Any, yeah, any yeah, right. any way, shape, or form aware of, what, of what's going on. Because this would have been highly classified if this is what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So the, the orbs are reported by um, Mansi natives. They're reported by another group that was elsewhere on the mountain, which is a group made up of um, geologists. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as we said, the, the soldiers from, from nearby... Uh, encampment area mm. so these a these groups were kind of spread out in different areas like quite a way apart like the geology group was like 30 miles away the mansies who knows if they were and then like the the soldier group was was it again sort of like quite a way away and also some um people from from the closest village was still quite a way away like all different parts so you're saying quite a way away, away, away. We're, we're looking like the geology group was close to 30 miles Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So they're all over 30 miles. Yeah. It's off the geology. Right, okay. Really and, long way away. And these yeah. orbs have been reported by many different people across like a, quite a wide date range. Mm. But just happened to be that also some reports came in that they happened on that specific date, which they're assuming the date of death was February the 1st or February the 2nd. And there right, were right. orbs reported on these dates. But also, like, interestingly, the search, some of the search party members also reported orbs when they were doing the search so these orbs are like a not just a one-off they're a, a thing that was happening in the area right quite a bit yeah 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 so these testimonies were compiled by lev ivanov he was the he was a criminal prosecutor and also he was part of the first and subsequent search parties and he was the criminal prosecutor of this event so you know a guy that he always an interesting character actually we'll talk about him a bit more so towards the end of his life he published an article in a Russian newspaper. 
So it's a long article. So I'm just going to quote some of the the more interesting things he says. Like it's a long article. I've read it all, Mm. but these were probably the more interesting bits. So um, the first quote, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Sorry. Just saying. Blah, blah, blah. First quote. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's saying together with the regional prosecutor, I reported the initial data to the first secretary of the regional committee, LP Kirilenko. He gave a clear command, all the work should be classified and not a single word of the information should be leaked. Kirilenko ordered the hikers to be buried in closed coffins and their relatives to be told they had all died from hypothermia. End quote. He goes on a bit um, about collecting evidence such as the, the radioactivity in the clothing and how he compiled... Uh, oh, I forgot about the radioactivity. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And how he compiled the witness testimonies about the, all the, the glowing orbs from all the different groups. So he's talking about this for a bit. Um, and yeah, next quote. Start quote. When I reported to A.F. Yeshtokin about my findings, he gave a completely categorical order to classify everything, to seal everything up, to hand it over to the special unit and to forget about it, end quote. So just to put that into some context, uh, the stuff that I didn't quote that he's talking about at this point. Um, so the first quote, he's talking about how it's basically told to hush it all up. And then mm. the article goes on for a bit. Like, it's a very long article, so I'm not doing a direct quote. But he goes on about how he knew that it was a bit sus and he kept investigating it, but secretly. Mm-hmm. So that's just to put context to, he's actually got these findings and decided he's got like a lot of information and reports upwards. Um, and that's when he reported to this, this Yesh Dukin guy and Yesh Dukin gave him the, the order to classify everything, to seal it all up. Um, he also, in the article, he, he later apologizes. So start quote, I do not want to justify my actions to classify events with fireballs and the death of a large group of people. I asked the correspondent to publish my apologies to the relatives of the victims for distorting the truth to hide the truth from them, end quote. So he's basically apologising in his later days that he hid the truth. Or- originally? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so this yeah. this article was in, I think it was 1990. Right, right. So obviously quite So he's not apologising for what he's just said? And no, no, he's apologising for the initial obfuscation of the facts. Right. okay. So it's worth noting that he doesn't really say what he thought the, the cause of the fireballs were. He's not saying that it was definitely military. He's not saying that it was definitely UFOs. Um, he doesn't really say what he thought so they were. So fireballs, not just glowing orbs. Glowing or He describes them as fireballs. Other people describe them as orbs. Big glowing orbs of luminescent. Yeah, I can sort of fireballs falling from the sky, though, kind of thing. Like that's a, a uh, meteorite description, nearly. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that maybe because it was just like luminescent, like most of the descriptions, so there's some descriptions saying it was blue, but most of the descriptions are red, but they're like move, moving relatively slowly. Have you seen some of those photos of like the, like the nearly like tears in space kind of stuff that reflected ice can cause at night? Like weird light, like, like the auroras, but there are real rare light from, oh man. Tell you what, we'll pause it for a couple of secs. I'll Google it, find it, and then I'll tell people how to find it, okay? So we know what we're talking about. Okay. So, so I just Googled red ice crystals in sky. And if you go to image results, you'll, you'll see the stuff I'm talking about. They kind of look like beams of light, but you can also see how some people might, like if they're fading in and out, think it's fireballs, glowing orbs, something different to that. Like the colder it is, the clearer the sky is. Um, if anyone at home listening wants to do a quick red ice crystals in sky you'll see that you can get some very cool stuff light phenomenons and i can tell you as a photographer it's a, definitely a lot easier when it's incredibly Are you a photographer? Cold. 
to cause confusions like this, especially over a wide wide area. I see what you're saying, mm. and they look they look beautiful and amazing. Mm. Yeah, but each individual group described them as floating orbs. Oh no, I was just giving that as a like I've, I imagine most of our listeners and yourself included have never seen anything like those. And the, the, I just searched them because they're the ones I know of. There could be other ones that at that time or so so I don't know. I, I mean, I assume if there was, I mean, I'm not saying because he also the case. said fireball. Yeah, which is something a did. different description. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing because I don't think he ever saw them himself. I'm not actually sure about that. He might know because he was part of the rescue search mission and they described them. Um, I'm assuming, and this again is a massive assumption on my part, yep. that he's describing them as fireballs because they all describe them as red glowing orbs. So he immediately thinks like red and glowing is fire. fire. Yeah, okay. But yep. that's just a guess on yep. my part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also, again, this is a massive assumption. I assume that if there was a, like, even if it's very rare, but like a, a natural phenomenon that would explain it like those, mm. describing exactly what they saw, mm. it probably would have been brought up in some conversation about these at this point, which they haven't. Oh, but uh, look, I'm, I'm so, like, why not say it's a weird type of meteor shower or um, that it's just something that has, like, just doesn't get done since because science has changed due to jet fuels or whatever, and it's caused as you passed over things were passing over at that time you know what i mean just stuff mm. i don't understand about that yeah. could cause some weird reaction and it hasn't ever happened since because an event has changed or it hasn't happened since quite, quite possibly yeah so he, he does describe them as fireballs but mm. he also is careful not to actually say what he thinks the cause of these were so he talks about the need to recognize that ufos are exactly that just unidentified but he's very specific but that doesn't mean that it's extraterrestrial it just means it's something that yeah the people that are viewing it can't identify yeah uh so when he's referring he's just making it clear that when he's referring to ufos in the article he doesn't refer to he doesn't aliens, mean extraterrestrials to an unidentified object but he also doesn't put it at the feet of the of the military or anything like that yeah um, the next guy he however he does. So the next interesting interview is with um, Yevgeny Okishchov, yep, who yep. supervised the investigation. So he worked alongside um, other dude. Mm. So in 2014, um, he he did an interview. Okay, so obviously, this is a long time after the fact. Uh, a long time after, I guess he feels beholden to state secrets or whatever. Mm. And again, it's quite long. So I'm just going to quote a few, a few bits that I I found particularly interesting. So he's describing how the military were involved at their request, as in like his and Ivanov's request, mm. uh, because they, as in him and Ivanov, had become suspicious about the reports of the lights. And they wondered if it was to do with the military, like they wondered if there was a testing site nearby. So they, they approached the, the military, according to this guy, they approached the military themselves. And a colonel insisted that there were no such facilities nearby. But, start quote, there was one instance that put us on alert when the last bodies were found in May, an order came to collect all items found at the pass and send them for radiological examination. Also, all people who had been in contact with the things found in the tent um, and around nearby were ordered to undergo body counting. Um, I assume when he says body counting, that's like a radioactive thing. Yeah. Because yeah, he doesn't just specify, but yeah. in the context, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So it was done, but neither a reassuring nor any other results were made known to us. End quote. They later sent um, him and the other investigators. They later sent uh, a letter asking to, asking for the power, to the powers that be, asking to explain what they were actually investigating into because they didn't know. Mm. Like they mm. just, 
these investigators, this guy and Ivanov, a civilian investigator, like, yeah, professionals, criminal prosecutors, but civilians. Mm. Yeah. And they think there's some weirdness. So they send mm. a letter just asking, like, the hell are we investigating into, bros? Mm. Except they probably didn't say that. They probably said comrades. Uh, and, and also, what did it have to do with radiation? In response, they're visited by a general who told them to tell anyone who asked that the deaths were an accident. The general also took the case away with him. Um, the you, case, as in all their research? Yeah, yep. as in yep. yeah, the case files and stuff. Mm. So Evgeny later um, asserts that his personal belief is that it was a secret weapons test or a launch failure. And one of the things that haunted him to his oh, to the dying days... Mm. He had the family members of the, the people involved, the hikers, insisting that him and Ivanov were covering things up. And he had them coming to his office and screaming at him, saying that they were fascists and they were covering it up and stuff. But these guys, according to them, literally didn't know and they wanted to find out the truth. But they were being told from higher up to like close it all off, close it down, tell everyone it was an accident. And they felt horrible about it. So sorry, I'm, just, I'm a little confused with what you've just said. So... The two people, articles have just well, talked about, yeah. they were involved in the, the searches? They were involved in the search. They're, they're criminal prosecutor and lead investigator. Yeah. And but they, they were, were civilians. Yeah, and they were being told from higher up. From to, military. To cover it up. To yeah, tell everyone or that it was an accident. To shut it up. To yep. shut it down, to yep. give. To and you. at that time, they were having all the family going, hey, this is weird, something's going on, yep. do more research. Yeah. But they both come out later on saying, we believe it's a cover up. Because we were told to shut, yeah. shut up, and we believe there is more, not just like more so than we were just told. Just instead of being told to say it's all this, we believe that it's like weird, like military testing failed, something, blah blah blah. That's correct. Yeah. So to answer why they might have cut themselves out of the tent so quickly and then walked in a measured walking pace away, mm. uh, one of the theories ties in with the military testing, um, and this is that. They were ordered out of the tent at gunpoint by military personnel because mm-hmm. they'd stumbled on an environment that they shouldn't have seen okay. or they mm-hmm. were in the area and the, the personnel didn't realise that the test would extend that far or whatever and then they realised that these civilian hikers in the area mm. and they're like, oh shit, better tidy up after ourselves because that would have been, it would have been very secretive at that time. This is like high Cold War that had been trying to keep everything under wraps probably would have been also like very much illegal in terms of a lot of the um what do you call it like the impositions that the west put on them after like world war ii and everything so it could have been like very much uh, would have caused a lot of ruckus if the west had found out okay so they're trying to cover up any evidence Mm -hmm. that this had happened and these guys uh well these men and men and women may have just been like um collateral as horrible as that sounds. So, but mm-hmm. that would explain why, that would explain the tent thing. Because mm-hmm. that's a bit that doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. it seems so diametrically opposed, like, frenzied cutting stuff out of the tent and then walking in a measured way. It's just, something about that just doesn't make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as it would explain, you know, why they left out dressing and putting shoes on because they were told they I, couldn't. I guess one thing I like about this as well is um, still the, like, maybe the footsteps were covered up and then they were redone at some point to... That it's certainly that would if it was this if the stage um was like doctored, yeah, yeah, it would exactly. certainly explain yeah. why the footprints were there when they found yeah, the yeah, scene. Yeah. Which was so long after. I don't know why you'd go and stage footprints, but I guess I I don't know, I guess it would be a lot of effort, but it would kind of make sense to stage those because it looks like there's 
no one else around like to cover up any of their tracks or to come back at a later date and very carefully on skis or whatever yeah or like that. but also explains the walking if you've got someone else doing it yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and to create confusion. Very, yeah. very much unverifiable, but there were some witness statements from some of the original search parties that mm. did say they saw other footprints that were booted. Um, and th- there's no photos of these, which is why I'm saying that's unverifiable, so mm. I'm not going to lean too much into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was notable to them because, A, like the nine footprints were mainly unshoot and stuff and also the shoes that they were wearing were a specific type um like a like a felt boot kind of situation whereas the the heeled boot was very much indicative of military apparently yeah. mm-hmm. but that was just like from a couple of people who were part of the search party and the Once search again, party could have like just been different timing though for as far, like even we'll say that's true but they could have been done a month earlier for this apparently footprints are lasting who knows yeah yeah, yeah. who knows who knows mm-hmm. Um, so then, or oh, it's just some of the same group, and they just haven't noticed it, like accents. Oh, uh, I think the the heel thing was very much like a, oh, oh, these guys the didn't have Sorry, these yeah. guys didn't have these boots. Right, they had yeah. very much different types of boots. But you're yeah. right; it could have been a different time, so it might not mean anything. Yeah, but that's yeah. why they thought that they were distinctive. Yeah. Okay, so they, they theorized that so they were ordered out the tent at gunpoint. Uh, they weren't even allowed to put on their clothes and shoes, but ordered to go in a march in the direction that they went which would also explain why they went in that direction as opposed to like back towards their their casual yeah. supplies Some, i guess anyone following them could have been using their footsteps is that plausible or like step their own foot into the footsteps yeah, like if you're following someone use the exact same i mean i i assume that'd be pretty difficult because i imagine like with your foot in boots if the military's in You'd boots leave a boot yeah, print over the top of the foot that and also they're probably bigger than the footprints because your yeah. foot is quite a lot smaller when it's not in yeah. a boot but i suppose you could just say walk you don't have to follow them, I guess, do you? You just go go. No, I suppose not. Well, they could have walked like maybe a few meters to that side and then come back and covered the tracks over or something. Well, even just stood there. You got a gun. Oh like, fuck! Maybe they had fucking skis. Who knows? Yeah, oh, well, uh, no, because like it was like a mile and a half away. No, but, but so. I mean, you can shoot at a mile and a half. You can just say, look, we're just you're just gonna walk and we'll see you. And if you turn around, we're gonna start running. We're gonna shoot you. We're gonna chase you down. We're gonna come get you. You can't get away. You're naked. Well, you raise an interesting point because one of my issues... You don't even have to follow them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One, of, one of my issues with this theory mm. is like the hypothetically ordered by gunpoint track light towards the trees like a, a kilometre and a half way. Mm. But then they're allowed to make a fire and stuff. That doesn't make any sense. So that would make sense. No, like maybe like maybe by that point they've stopped watching them or like... Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like what away. you say yeah. makes sense in that regard. They could have been up there next to the campsite watching with the guns and stuff and then they yeah. like finally get away. And then it is theorised. Actually, what you say makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. not saying you're right mm-hmm. but, but it makes a lot of sense that, yeah. because some people theorize that maybe the tent maybe they didn't cut themselves out of the tent mm. maybe they just came out of the tent normally but then someone else and they cut themselves out the other people like in this case the military yeah. cut it so they wouldn't be usable after the fact okay so maybe yeah lose the tent but yeah, yeah. lose the tent because yeah. yeah, they did have supplies to, to sew vaguely to kind of hide it yeah. maybe a little bit um, doesn't explain the massive injuries. Doesn't it? Well, no, it doesn't explain the injuries. Um, and the fact that they were able to make the campfire, they're able to like try and like dig out the, the snow shelters in the snow and stuff to, to give themselves some protection. Oh, no, but I mean, maybe like some injuries happen, or maybe some people were fired out with experimental weaponry that's caused this weird damage. Mm. Um, and that's why you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the military had all passed off and they're a kilometer away and just like. Like, look, oh, look, I think the only option now is for us to try and sneak back. There's there's no footsteps coming back, though, is there? No, no footsteps coming back. So, how, so, oh, so all they did was get clothes of other people? Yes, that's right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, they never they never went back to the tent. Yeah, and so the, all all the so bodies were found like within a certain radius of each other, kind of thing. Or I yeah, so I that, think but... uh, what was it? They're all found like less than a kilometer apart from each other, like a lot yeah. less. Like most of them were within within a couple of, within a hundred meters or so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the ones that they ravine were the furthest away, and that was just a, yeah a few hundred meters. Yeah. Tops. But didn't you say some were found on the way to these trees? Yeah, so some were found like. They found the ones under this. They found the two guys under the the pine tree yeah, first. Yeah. But there were actually bodies closer to the tent that yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. see before. Yeah, yeah. How, so, but still within like a hundred meters, kind of. Yeah. Thing. These are all the guys under the pine, and the people trying to get make their way back to the tent, which they assume they're trying to make their way back to because of the direction they're facing in. Yeah. These these people were all within a few hundred meters of each other. I, I, so far for me, this I guess makes the most logical sense. Aside from the injuries, that's still a weird one. Um, and but that could be weird weaponry weird weaponry or um crush like some people theorize that the 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 crew that were injured with the, the massive chest injuries they were like something happened and they killed those guys first by like um kneeling on them in in such a way that it like deco- it like compresses them to to give those injuries and whilst this is happening the other ones try to make an escape uh, but they die from the the elements get them and then the, the military personnel are like yeah job done for us so like they tried to run their escape whilst the because there's like sorry say that again what sorry we've got we've got the four with the massive injuries right we've yeah got the head injury and the chest injury all a kilometer and a half away no no it's a kilometer away a kilometer and a half away from the camp yeah these yeah, people yeah, were within yeah. a few hundred meters of each other yeah yeah which is a kilometer and a half away from the camp yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, they've right. got, so they've walked so they've all the distance first. In that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there, there is like a small ravine and stuff, or just a tree line over there. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, why. we don't, we don't know yeah. why. But yeah. did, they're just theorizing that mm. maybe they attacked, uh, like, because they're not sure how many military personnel there might have been. Mm. So, like, they tried to, like, pick them off small groups at a time to, like, go for these people for whatever reason, and they're taking care of them whilst the other one's trying to make a run for it. But there's not running, it's walking it's walking to there but not sure what happened actually that's a good point like the footprints heading the, footprints the way the whole, whole time yeah there would have been footprints the whole time the footprints i think i remember seeing that the footprints in the tree line were a lot more disturbed because of the the environment what well, is is this the location for bears oh i assume so but there was absolutely Zero evidence of any animal tracks or oh, animals right. no been around. No one's clawed up. I was saying it was pressure on chest, but that was yeah, the claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not really a bear's modus operandi, I suppose. No. And no. also, they'd probably be hibernating at that point in time, I assume. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, they theorised that yeah. they're, they're taking care of of some of the group, um, and the other ones try to run off, but the elements takes them. Yeah, but there's no other one. No one else with them though. No. For someone to be taking care of them. No, what I'm saying is like some of the military personnel are like killing four of the members and they're going right. to go get the other ones, but they try and make a run for it. Right. So like when they're over at the trees, they've walked away and they go, look, we like we should send but, someone yeah. over to get them and approach them from a different direction. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but you're right. This is, There's a lot of holes in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to plug those holes. Yeah, but I don't think we should force a hole plugging. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of holes in that. It, it, like we said, being allowed to build a campfire, being allowed to try and dig out a snow den doesn't make any sense in this no, situation. No, no, that might just be we think we're far enough away now, we just need to try and find a way to survive. And then other military come from a different direction. Oh, like sneak around and pick them off. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Try, and then that causes a bit of panic and disperse and 
don't know, and they're going to see how messed up they are and maybe uh, some monetary gets yeah. hurt or something. I don't know, and they just, I just leave it. or well, yeah, half the job is taken care of. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Hypothermia will get the rest and won't look suspicious. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like they don't have their stuff. Like, hypothermia kicks in so quickly they probably would have realised that they had no chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, another way to explain that the military involvement, but not necessarily the leaving the gun at the leaving the tent at gunpoint, mm. is uh, possibly um, military bombs. So they weren't actually there, present, mm. Mm. but they were setting off um, bombs, mm. and they scared them so much. They scared the, the hikers so much that they they dash out of their tent because they don't know what's going on. Like um, you wouldn't have a clue. So they like run out of their tent and make for the tree line because they don't know what the hell is going on. And then after that, they don't know if it's safe to go back to their tent or not. So they try and do a dig out and a campfire because they don't know what's going on over there. Nah, because that doesn't explain walking away. You run away if you're if you're leaving most of your clothes and boots behind. Yeah, I agree with that. You would probably run if it was that scary that you. You run. Yeah, you run. Something else I'm trying to like, I guess maybe put together is. Just the footsteps lasting that long for me it seems sceptical, but I'm not going to rule it out. Oh, no, but it's definitely, like, some of them are bare feet, eh? Mm-hmm. Like leading was. So it's definitely them, because they were found without shoes and stuff on, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I think being made to walk away is actually a very good reason it is, for everybody just, as well. And it's just why, like, yeah. Because you want them to die, but you don't want to look dodgy. Yeah, but, like, why would they be... How would they... Like, this is a theory. I'm not disagreeing no, with you, because oh, I, I think this is... I think this is it. It does explain that initial yeah. part, but like, how did they manage those in the military? Mm. Manage to not leave their own tracks around? Like, how do you do that? Like, on a practical level, what do you do? Like, go on the skis? Uh, maybe walk cover, cover your ones up a little bit, or like, um, if there's a lot of footsteps around the camp, your footsteps just might not be visible, and. You know what I mean? And then other people come up and walk around and stuff, and it's just like, whose boots are whose kind of thing. But they'd have to walk all the way over to near the ravine to do, like, the, the chest damage. Uh, no, so that there, I'm just still going to put down to weird weapons. The unexplainable weapons. Um, or uh, the weird chest damage is someone's died, and they've tried to... Uh, cannibalism. No, there's no soft tissue damage. That's not cannibalism. There's no soft tissue damage. It's internal force, like like a force field or extreme pressure. There's just, cannibalism so in, would oh, have. So the like the exterior looks fine. The insides are just collapsed. Yeah, like the chest's fine on the outside. Right. Well, there were there were no there were a couple of bruises. Like one girl, one of the girls had like a a, a large like weirdly shaped bruise on her side. Because when you said like eyes removed and chest collapsed and stuff, I assumed it meant. But the skin was fine, but the spits Yeah, no, I was very specific about the chest injuries being like, the the weird thing about it was the lack of the outward okay. soft t- tissue damage. So, like, does any... Can, well, do can, you know... Cannibalism does not stack up. No, 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 no that's, that's fine. I'm happy to completely drop that already. Do you know, even still, in any situation, a way that can happen? Uh, well, some of the medical examiners said it was akin to a, a car accident. Like, the force, like, being thrown out of your vehicle in such a way. Um, and thrown onto the ground, dropped like out it of can, a plane kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, dropped out of a plane, um, a force field from some kind of bomb, that kind of thing. Uh, dropping from a height, um, but it'd have to be onto like, it would have to be onto a, a certain kind of uh, ground. But it's that didn't have chest. Any... It wasn't like the whole body. It's not like there's a blast and it's hit some. Uh, it was like it was mainly centre around the chest. Like it was ribs, and in one case the the and heart. Some burn marks. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking weaponry, mm-hmm. whether targeted or general area, um, and that they've been made forced to walk away. I think that makes sense to me. And that's why they walked away like they've been told to. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to go that direction, if you know what I mean, but they've got no other choice. And then um, weaponry is used. Weaponry on is used. On some. What kind of weapon? Oh, it's experimental Soviet. Yeah, but this is 59. Like, but I also, imagine... I mean, it could, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, maybe... I don't know. I'm not a weapons expert. I'm not, I'm not going to try and plug that hole. All right. So, sort of coming towards the end of the... A helicopter comes over and lands, takes some of them and drops them on them to mess with them. To mess no, with them? No, there's no impact though, is there? They just... Like, it's not whole body impact damage, it's just... It's just chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, weaponry. I don't know of any weapon that could do that. And I know that you said it's like no, weapons... No, we don't know of military. any, any yeah, force this that is can do that, fi- let alone weapon. This is 59. No, we, we do know of certain forces. Like, no, but a car, said, like, like you said, a car crash would be more than just chest. The arms and legs and stuff. Yeah. And there'd be external damage. It's still an impact. So you, like, if you can describe something similar, then I'll try and find a way that can happen out there. But at the moment, you've described something that I couldn't think of a way can happen. Yeah, currently. Someone... Fell out of a tree and hit. No, like, whole body damage. Maybe. Or like not just chest. I mean, they hit a branch on the way down. Oh no! But you also said some had like pieces of skull missing and stuff. Hmm. Small pieces of skull. Yeah. Eyebrows, eyeballs, tongues. Yeah. So like tongues and eyes. I'm picturing scavengers. Um, also eyebrows shaved, um, maybe that, that that literally just could be the group playing a prank on someone before it all happened, before we know. You know what I mean? I assume it was like a bloody mess. Like, eyebrows like ripped cut away. off or cut away or nibbled off. Okay. don't think it was a case of shaved eyebrows. I think that would be quite obvious. Right, so I wasn't sure yeah. from the description. Yeah. But like, I, I think, still, I think this is the best way. Because every other type of impact accent you can think of, I think, is more than just... The exterior is fine because you really emphasise the exterior is fine. The inside is collapsed. That does not happen from a way I can think of at the moment. Just to throw a small spanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the works, uh, in terms of the scavengers with the tongue. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily preclude this, but um, during the autopsy, um, it, was, it was one of the girls that didn't have a tongue. Yeah. They found blood in her stomach, which indicates that she was still alive when her tongue was ripped out. Yeah, so maybe some of the group is tortured and told to walk off. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. You're yeah. saying like that's yeah. a small, small thing against. It doesn't preclude it, like I said, but it's yeah. a small thing that said that maybe, maybe no, it that wasn't explain, a scavenger. So, like, some of the messed up eyebrows, like well, I don't know, like who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you want to torture me, you'd take my eyebrows. Yeah, there's you got stunning eyebrows. Thank you. Yeah, but I think so far this for me sounds the most believable. I think it takes everything. Well, I mean, maybe we could take it further. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people, and this is like. Yeah, or oh, it doesn't have to be military. It could just be a weird group. We're, we're, we're kind of close to coming to the end of this. This is the, the last one I really dive into. Okay. So but yeah. not too far from the end, yeah. folks. Don't you worry. So, so some people point the finger at Semyon Zolotayov, which is the dodgy guy we've already talked about, the one who may or may not be him. Yeah, in the group. Yep. yep. So he's he was the odd one out of the group. He, was, he wasn't known to them beforehand, and he, he joined the crew last minute. Some of the diary entries written by the, the other members... Uh, Sorry, so they all knew each other except for this guy? Yeah. Okay. That's right. 
So some some of the members talk about this in the diary that they weren't sure about this unknown person joining them. Um, but one, I think it was one of the girls, she's like, uh, but what can you say you can't say no is if the decision was taken out of their hands. Okay. So they weren't sure about him. But then later diary entries, like, didn't seem like anyone had an issue with him after they got to know him. So no one was well, saying that he was like a real yeah, yeah, dodgy yeah. bastard yeah. or anything or mean or anything. Um, I'm he just, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just was an unknown entity that the rest of them didn't know. He was quite a bit older than them. So these these... Most of the group were all like the university Younger students. Groups, yeah. They're all they're all in the early twenties. The youngest was twenty, and they range from like twenty twenty four. Just go off grid for a while and hide. Yeah, sure, maybe. Yeah. So not, he yeah. was quite a bit older than he was thirty seven, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the rest who are all like twenty four of the oldest. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a pretty odd character. So his background is interesting. He he couldn't decide whether his birthday was on February the first or February the second. And he also um, when he first met them, he also asked to be called Alexander, not which is not his name or his middle name. He's a, he was a World War II veteran with a pretty strange CV uh, that sort of like jumped around quite a bit and uh, contradictory tales like before that because in the Soviet, like you write a lot, have to write a lot about yourself when you try, attempt to join certain parties. And a lot of the stuff that he writes about is contradictory. Like he can't remember how many siblings he's got. Like in some things he says he's got two and other, but he's actually got five siblings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a lot of his stuff is contradictory and weird. And then like, he like goes away for a bit during during the war, but no one knows what he was up to. So some people think this is indicative that mm-hmm. he was KGB, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's theorised that he was KGB and insisted on joining the group or was told to join the group to keep an eye on them because they are sort of straying kind of close to some secret military operations, and he need, needs to go along to make sure that they don't get too close. Mm-hmm. So then they theorise that something went wrong, and something you know, for instance, the the glowing orbs. The crew got too close, or the should I say the orbs got too close to the crew, which they weren't expecting because the route was very much pre planned. Mm. So he would have been all right with the route, but something happened and whatever was going on got too close to them as opposed to the way around. Mm. So He's, he tries to figure out what what to do because at this point the crew's seen too much. Now, if you remember, like, the camera... But he's dead. Oh, okay. Not buried with him as his body. Sorry, carry on. Yep, yep. So if you remember, like... One of the cameras have like set up like a an impromptu kind of tripod because they're obviously trying to um, take a picture of something. Mm. And the, the last picture that was taken. Oh, here we go. It's yeah. not actually a very interesting picture. Are you going to post these? You need to share these pictures yeah, to the Instagram page. I will put them on the yeah. Instagram page. Cool, cool, cool. Which but, is the underscore tavern? The, t- un- the, uh, the underscore, underscore tinfoil underscore tavern. Yeah. No hashtags. So this was the last picture taken. And a lot of people think this is evidence of the glowing orbs in question. Yeah, it's just a mess. That's the last picture on his roll. Mm, I enjoy the photographic parts of this. Um, yeah, so black and white. So that th- removes the colour. This was 59, you didn't have colour in those days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to work out what I understand about out of focusness because this photo is blurry it's just blurry blobs yeah um and I'm trying to work out so if it's, it's pretty near. much a black background with some light colored yeah. bright blobs but I'm trying to work out if I know if these the camera is focused too close or too far away because if it's too far away that means these lights are really close and if it's focused too close it means the lights are far away could you like hypothetically if yeah. I showed you the rest of the pictures on the roll yeah do you reckon you could tell from that Maybe if it'll it was, help. Do you want to load it? Yeah. Do you want me to pause? pause? Yeah. Pause okay. It. So my, I'm more inclined to think as someone who's taken a lot of out of focus shots, 
that that is a photo of something close to it that is light. So we just had a quick look at the the rest of the pictures, but unfortunately mm. the second to last one or before that was obviously taken hours before that because it was still daylight and it's just a shot of like people tramping through the snow. So it was obviously taken hours before. Yeah, so there's not not a lot yeah. others compare. And I I'm inclined to think that one's uh, uh, either an accidental shot or um, of something close, not of something far away. Because also for those those. Like if you describe orbs in the sky, mm-hmm. I'm not picturing them being because all the, also all their other shots are relatively wide, a single lens. That would have to be a huge amount of zoom to get that close, or these orbs would have to be stupidly large. Wouldn't the amount of zoom used explain how it's so fuzzy? No, no, okay. that would create more motion blur. There's no, there's not much motion blur to one of those orbs. It is kind of sharp. Um, so I'm inclined to think it's wide, which is easier to get sharper. The thing, objects are closer and it's just out of focus. I think I know more about the subject than you do. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to concede the point here. Um, I'm, but I'm, I'm also, I'm very sure they've just got one lens that is no zoom and they're not changing it and it's probably just 35 mil. So, so no, I don't believe that's a fireball photo at all. What do you think it is? Lights. From what? A dark situation. I don't think it's fire. It looks like artificial light. Because they would have, I think they only had a couple of torches between them. Could be someone else turning up torches. Ooh, mm. spicy. Mm. So anyway, back to um, this theory. You keep reading, I'm going to close the door behind me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the camera knowledge. It was very good, it's as per thing. usual. Yeah. He seems less of a Patrick when he starts talking about photos. <laughs> so the the theory is, we're talking, obviously we're talking about... Disappointingly, I can't remember that real dumb thing you said earlier in the podcast. I don't think it happened. No, well, I can't remember it. So yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> After feeding Patrick. Yeah. So we're talking about Zolotoyov, and he might be a KGB agent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's theorised. Also, not... if he's wanted, it explains why a military group also comes looking for him. Well, in this theory, he's not wanted. He's on purpose, like put there. No, oh, but imagine if no. I'm just saying. Imagine if he's wanted and people are looking for him. Hey, look, we found him. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure, but in this 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 theory, it's mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. So we'll just. Yeah. Let's carry on, shall I? Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, Hannah, sorry. If you could just carry on, that'd be great. <laughs> so something goes wrong. Again, obviously, it's all hi- very hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Something went wrong and um, something happens and Zolotoyev realises that the group has seen too much and he's got to do something about it. So he manages to either convince them or threaten them out of the tent. Now, I think in this case, convincing them is more likely. Yeah. Um, so he manages to convince them that they've got imminent danger and they have to flee right now um, and i think that's more likely because then when they get to the safety of the tree line he allows them to make a fire or, or encourages them or like they just decide to make a fire much which is much more likely if he's still playing a good guy at this point if he's threatening them out with a concealed weapon that he's been hiding or whatever mm. he probably wouldn't allow them to do that he'd just get over and done with it. but at this point in theory he still doesn't know what to do he's still trying to figure out what they've seen what's going on what he should do next so he gets away it, from the we, we didn't confirm that all were in bare feet did we did uh, you say that there was like there was one or two were in shoes still? Yeah, most of, most of them were bare feet. One yep. guy had one shoe on. I'm not sure about Zolia Toriev. I can't remember, but he was the best dressed out of all of them. Yeah, so I'm more inclined to think of this situation. Say that say they've seen something they're not meant to. He pulls a gun out and just makes them walk, and he just walks with them. Yeah, because yeah, if there's but, an emergency, I think you'd still be inclined to go quicker or like grab stuff like i don't think you're inclined to leave anything behind well i mean it depends what he said he could have convinced them to leave very quickly but very calmly because he could have like 
being a really good shit talker. Shaking my head. I, I think it's more he's pulled out a gun or whatever and he's just going, nah, take off all your shoes and go otherwise. But then again, the like with my issue with the military one, is like he they, he throws him at gunpoint to the tree line and then mm. allows him to make a fire and make a snow den and stuff. Like, what's the point of that? Um, they're naked. They're not going to survive and they didn't. Mostly from hypothermia. He's also very experienced enough to know that. He also wasn't prepared there. So I think whatever happened... Because he died. Prepared. Yeah, he died. Yeah, so maybe he's called in military, whatever it is, he's walking them away or something. Called with what? This is 1959, he doesn't have a cell phone. Uh, maybe military's coming by. Like, like just, you know, they're discovered as he's trying to do his job and he's accidentally killed in the crossfire kind of thing. All right, all right. Could be, okay. could be. Yeah, yeah. Ties in with military. Yeah. Okay, so, so I was thinking just convincing that there was an imminent danger was more likely because obviously afterwards they made, they dug out the snow shelters and made a fire and everything. Um, I, I reckon all that side of it is more just um, the, they feel that they're kind of safe but don't feel safe enough to go back, which is why there's no footprints going back. Hmm. Yeah, and they're trying to just survive. Yeah, which makes yeah. more sense with him convincing that there's imminent danger as opposed to forcing them. Oh, no, I think maybe he's died earlier. Uh, apparently he was probably one of the last people to die. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we'll just carry on with this theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's theorised that uh, he manages to convince them that there's imminent danger. They go to the tree line, they make a fire, they dig out the shelters, uh, whilst he's considering what to do. Mm. But during this time, a fight breaks out because the group wants to go back to the tent because they're like, doesn't seem that dodge, mm. doesn't seem that bad. And he's like, no, no, you can't do that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm struggling with this one. Yeah. Okay. So a Sorry, fight... <laughs> is this a theory or have you made this bit up? Sorry. No, this is a theory. Okay, carry on. So a fight breaks out because the rest of the group wants to go back to the tent because that's where their gear is mm. and it's safe and they think he's full of shit mm. about why they had to leave. Mm. Um, so a fight breaks out and because he has got massive amounts of military and fighting experience, he decides that he's just going to have to off them. So he starts killing them off. Most of the group, um, some of the group, die the other group try and get back to the tent most of the group have abrasions including on the knuckles which does signify that a fight could have happened mm. but Zolotoryev being trained he was just way better at killing them off and most of them he didn't even have to try that hard because they're and the bodies weren't found together were they no they weren't so killed off at different spots right okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah he knew that most of them were underdressed and just decided to let the elements take take most of them and killed off the ones that were better dressed so who knows it seems relatively plausible to me but obviously not to you I don't think experienced hikers would leave a campsite in bare feet no matter the reason in snow I don't know it depends how because as a group calmly he was 37 they're all in the early 20s and he yeah, was their experience their experience hikers yeah. but he's the only one with the military experience he could have convinced them based on like his seniority and military background so they were in imminent danger of whatever and to walk away without just slipping shoes on nah sorry zero acceptance from my part so you reckon they're forced um i can understand still walking away because they're they're forced to but i reckon there's either mind altered or forced like like, i think a gun for example i think makes a lot of sense about why you they are walking away in bare feet i agree with that but i just i like the idea of him also walking someone walking with him him say um say he's known to the group like i'll walk him off and like i don't know he takes someone away and um convinces like kills them off in pairs a little bit and something like he look you maybe he's um 
going along with the I don't know like, I'm just trying to grasp my straws again but, but that's the only reason for the most believable reason for me about why they would walk away from this site and be effect because they're forced forced at gunpoint or like who knows but forced yeah yeah well I know it's just sword point yeah <laughs> no I reckon it was sword point I reckon they'd, it's guns yeah, yeah they'd assume joking. that they yeah, can yeah. Yeah. overpower yeah um, okay, well, you don't like this theory, so there's probably not much point in finishing it. Um, but yeah, they reckon that he starts attacking people, which would explain why two of the guys try so hard to climb the tree, like, so frantically that their hands are bloody stumps and they've got uh, there's flesh embedded in the tree because they're just trying to climb it and hide from him, get away from him, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, three try and dash their way back to the tent because they see what he's doing to, to the other ones. Um, but this doesn't quite explain well Zolia Torio's injuries himself because he was oh, yes, one what, of his the, injuries well he was one of the two that had the massive chest injuries so mm-hmm. that doesn't stack up to that doesn't make any sense he, so he was probably one of the last to die he was found in this, uh, the one of the digouts that they tried to make um, and he wasn't frozen to death he was the well, most well dressed of all of them and but he had found the, alone yeah, found alone yeah uh, but he had he had massive chest trauma too so like, mm. how does if it was him? Like, how does how does how does that all stack up? Like, it just well, doesn't. A, a, another situation then: an eleventh person turns up with a gun, and makes them all walk off, and then gets them so far away, like just goes go, go like go away. If you if you turn back, I'm going to shoot you. Makes them all walk off, and they just start to fucking go crazy amongst themselves. And as he's the most experienced, then they start in fighting and things like that chest injuries maybe something's heavy is used to cause a giant chest injury yeah but he is an in, he is an interesting character like mm. you know apart from the fact that the weirdness with his dna um and also like his his family were well sorry i forgot about i forgot about that part so maybe his side of it with the giant chest injuries and whatever blah 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 that's just someone else's body all chucked in and he's not even there yeah, I mean, some people do think that it wasn't mm. his body, um, yeah. partly because of the DNA. But mm. also before that, mm. the the um, during the autopsy, it's noted that he had some very prominent tattoos, um, and his family and his students and his friends didn't recall him having tattoos at all. So they thought this was very odd. Okay. Uh, and one tattoo, um, it was. Well, you say that, but you don't even. Can you even? Do you even know where my tattoo is? Well, the weird one on your neck. No. I'm a weird one on my neck. Oh, what's that then? It's my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Got joking. It. I don't have tattoos. Do you think I have tattoos? No. Oh, yeah, good. Carry on. <laughs> I thought you were trying to struggle like, oh, I don't know where his tattoos are. I'm such a horrible <laughs> person. <laughs> uh, so one of the tattoos is also quite mysterious because um, no one actually knows what it means. There's a sequence of letters. Sorry. What, what are you talking about? His tattoos. Oh, his tattoos. Yeah, yeah. one of them is quite mysterious. You're yeah, sorry, okay, yeah. No one knows what it means. No, it's just like a... It's a it looks like a word, but it's a word that no one knows. So in Ru- it's in Russian, but the English equivalent would be like uh, a long sequence of letters. D-A-E-R-M-M-U-A-Z-U-A-Y-A, which is not a word at all, but no one can actually figure out if just the sequence of letters means anything. I mean, he had another couple of weird ones, like a... A tattoo of a beet, as in the plant, the, or the vegetable, fruit. What is a beet? Is it vegetable? It's root beet. vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, five-pointed star 
things like that. Uh, but yeah, tattoos can be an expression of whatever you want. Maybe it's just letters that all mean stuff to him. Like, like yeah, maybe. Yeah, and he knows what it means, and that's enough. For, it does, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. that's fine. You're allowed to have tattoos that are just something personal to you. It's just a bit weird that his none of his family friends or students because um, these are prominent on his arms mm. uh, so it's just weird that no one had ever seen this before and thought that was weird okay um, and another but he also just spent like a month hiking across the country so maybe he spends a bit of time and what not around those friends and family yeah sure yeah uh, and uh, mildly interesting about him joining the crew is that um, as, as we mentioned before he was he came to the trip very late on the piece and sort of like imposed himself in a nice way into the trip and they sort of felt like if they needed to accept him mm. um but according to uh, vladislav bianco bianco was supposed to go on the trip he was um he was supposed to go on the trip bianco himself was supposed to go on the trip he was yeah. one of the, he was supposed to be on the trip with his fellow university students he was university students these guys were his friends mm. he was supposed to go on the trip but the powers that be told him that he couldn't go on the trip and he ended up having to give his share of his food and his supplies to Zolotoryov. And he helped them load it all on and they said, no, you can't go. So he was taken off so Zolotoryov could join. And for a reason? Well, they gave the reason that um, during his... Because this is Soviet Union. It's a very different lifestyle to what we're used to. Okay. And he yeah. was given the reason that during his summer holidays, he spent too much time doing things like hiking and stuff for us. The others all like, did work for... Um, like the union or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, no, so I'm, was, I'm happy to accept it. Kind that, of like yeah. a, it's kind of like a punishment of sorts, but not really a punishment, but kind of like for that reason, like, oh, you know, you can't go on a... Yeah, you got to do your part for the motherland. Mm. So I think, I don't have it written down, but I think he had to go work at a timber mill or something for a couple months and stuff, or something like that. Yeah, okay. So he was, yeah, he was yanked off it and he had to give all the supplies to Zolotoryov and that just, he always found it a little bit sus. That he was what does guy that turned back say about who, who's the 35 year old older guy's suspicion was talking about what's his name the suspicious guy is Zolotoryov say it slowly please Semyon Zolotoryov Semyon 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 so and who's the guy that turned back Yuri Yudin so what does Yuri say about Sam oh good question um that's actually what I was about to finish on because we're at the very last paragraph okay, okay. so the final small point for the military but is Yuri Yudin himself um so he believed that it was military involvement mm-hmm. so this haunted him for for the rest of his life like he felt really guilty about not being there he mm-hmm. thought if he was there a he might be able to help or b he would have died with his friends yeah and he felt a lot of guilt for the rest of his life. So he believed, along with many members of the family of the hikers, that it was military exercise. Um, and he also described how Ivanov, so if you remember who Ivanov was, he was a lead investigator who wrote the article mm-hmm. about how he was told to cover it all up. Mm-hmm. And he wrote about the apology to his victims. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yuri Yudin, before all this, he was, was quite vocal about the fact that he, um, he believed that Ivanov was just trying to close it all down as quickly as possible he didn't seem at all inclined to to get the bottom of it he just wanted to like close it all off um and yuri you didn't distrusted him and thought it was well a bit of a dick in all honesty to, to devil's advocate if, if you go if you if say you believed it's just whatever some natural cause and someone go no it's the military i could picture you going whatever like you know just skeptical apart from the fact that even of ivanov later came out and said 
that he did no, do I'm, just that. He yeah, closed yeah, it all down. Yeah, but 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 sorry, assuming he didn't do do that, which I know is whatever. But um, at, at the at the time, if you believed that it wasn't anything suspicious, or someone was telling you like. Man, this just feels ironic talking about it. But you know when you get a real heavy conspiracist around you and you're like, Jesus, you're nuts? Yeah, I think I know the feeling. Yeah, you know the feeling? Yeah, I can picture it. Like, you nearly become more dismissive of those people because they're not, they're just too far away from your, your wavelength for you to understand them, if you know what I mean. He wasn't a conspiracist. He just thought that his friend's death hadn't been investigated properly. He and thought it was by the military. Yeah. Yeah, and... And I can picture this other guy going, at the time, not all, all evidence I can see points towards a natural cause. You, I think you sound crazy. Leave me alone. I'm trying to do my job. And dismissing that guy and him taking it as, you're not doing your job seriously. And he goes, I'm doing everything I believe to be accurate. And then he could find out some other stuff later on that goes, oh, man. Or, yeah, I'm just trying to play. I don't understand what your devil's advocating because that's pretty much the point that he was making, that he was saying that, Ivanov wasn't doing his job. No, Ivanov, I'm saying, could be trying to do his job as possible. And he's, and there's so many weird names, sorry, I can't remember them. And this guy that turned back is saying, believes he's not when he's doing everything he can. Ivanov admitted that he didn't do all he could because he was told not to. Um, But at what time? Sorry, is my point. Yeah, a lot later on. Yeah. No, 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 not when he said it. But when did he find it like... After it had all been closed, he goes, oh, man, I've now got some more information. I should have done some more with this. And then he stayed quiet. But at the time when this guy approached him, he was doing everything he believed to be accurate. Like, I have a fantastic podcast you can listen to about this. Who does? I do. Yeah. If you, like, go back about maybe an hour and we just, when we're discussing Ivanov. Yeah. Yeah. No, so crack me on the details instead of being yeah, a stylist. So <laughs> maybe you should try having a better memory. Did you explain all the times? Yeah, I explained that at the time, Ivanov said in his thing that he... That he wrote when he nearly died. No, this was him talking about... No, the article was in in 1990, but he was talking about how at the time, he knew it was something more, but he was ordered to say that it was an accident and stuff, but he kept researching secretly by himself, remember? Right, no, I didn't remember that. Well, I've got a fantastic podcast you can listen to. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you poisoned me you got such a dramatic I was cough. just gonna I was just gonna stop recording there and then if we never did another episode people would be like what happened you should have killed me here's a chance bitch <laughs> no it was you killing me especially if I like you know just like happened tonight it would have been all on you mm-hmm. if anyone wants to have any feedback on this what's the best way to get in contact with us the um hashtag in case you forgot from earlier in the podcast because that's a shit thing to do there's no hashtag. You just said hashtag. Yeah, just to wind you up. <laughs> you piece of shit. The, the underscore has, the hashtag. Tinfoil underscore tab the, um, on yeah, Instagram. The, the hashtag underscore hashtag. Yeah, but if you're massive conspiracies, then maybe not on Instagram because of the the metaverse. Sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what do you think? I think it was. I think it was military involvement, but yeah, none of the none of the theories. They all have so many holes in each and every single one. There's not one that. What are your big holes with the military one? Um, again, the tent thing. Like, okay, yeah, they could have stood what, from. What's wrong with the tent thing? Sorry. Oh, the fact that they cut themselves out and then walked. No, but you don't know that the tent cut didn't happen later. But you don't know that. 
Um, and like the guy could have just walked through it and gone cut and walked out and gone, I don't care about this. And no, no evidence of anyone else being involved. Like, I don't know the mechanism of how you'd cover up your own footprints. Like, if you're there with them, like covering that up. Different shoes. Like, uncertain. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's just a helicopter and a megaphone. Like, how did how did they kill them? Oh, the, as in the the serious chest thing. Yeah, nothing. But but I guess my issue with that is you, I can't think of a single, even now, way that accident can happen. You're right. You're untangling your legs. Yeah, just stretching. Sitting on it. I was talking to you. and You just closed <laughs> one like, eye at me, like you were like <laughs> really struggling with us. Cross-legged on a barstool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but the accidents like if someone can come up with a good way that your, your chest collapse without taking exterior damage i don't know that that then maybe there's a way that could have happened at that time but i can't at the moment and you haven't been explained to me either think of a way that can happen no true right cool my name's thomas my name is hannah <laughs> actually sorry i'm gonna before we ended up i actually enjoyed that one though good yeah there's a lot of keep me going to the end and i think we ended on the best one Hannah's spent a. Eh? He's got no more vocals left. Ended on the best one. The best reason for it. Oh, the best series. All right, yeah, got you. The best series. The the best, best the best, best conspiracy. Theory. Best theory oh, theory. Sorry, best series. No, I just got a list, weirdo. <laughs> I thought you. I don't know. I'm just being. I'm just tired. I just thought you meant like the best of the season. I was like, we haven't finished yet, bro. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I meant. Yeah. yeah. No, I can see you're spent. So I'll clock us out. My name's Thomas. Your name's Hannah. Thank you for listening. We're the Ten Four Tavern. We'll catch you next time.